Hello and welcome to the Chai Tea Podcast. This is Max. Me, I have our regulars, Boomi and Yam. Guys, say hello. Hello, everyone. Hi, everyone. Um, and on this episode, uh, we also have our special guest. We we were going to talk about the recently concluded Border Gavaskar Trophy. We had done a preview episode, and rightfully so, we're back to do a review. And the preview was just us, but we thought we needed someone with a lot more punch uh, as we talk about all the tests. And uh, we have our ticket expert from North America, uh, one of the finest voices on, uh, and sane voices, I must add, on Twitter. Um, I've been following him for a really, really long time. and He's an ardent follower of test cricket. Um, and always, you know, it's a, it's always a pleasure to have some banter with him on Twitter. Uh, it's our fortune that we could now have that banter or audio. So uh, welcome to the pod, uh, Sriram. Sriram uh, on, goes on Twitter as S. Dayanand. Welcome, sir. Thank you. <clears throat> uh, I don't know about the sane part of it, uh, sane discussion on Twitter, but yeah, I mean, it's a pleasure. Thanks for having me. Yeah, and I think during the series itself, we've chatted so much. Uh, I mean, seems like so long ago that Nagpur happened, right? I mean, like, uh, everything that's happened since then. But yeah, I mean, talk about a hyped-up series, and uh, the build-up was amazing. I mean, like, <laughs> the number of uh, freakouts people were having on Twitter, mm-hmm. uh, for example, about Australia not playing a single warm-up game. It's going to cost them, and uh, like this is much before. And the only thing we remember from the pre-game, pre-series preparation is that Ashwin look-alike, whoever that guy was. I mean, uh, Nagpur when it started, I mean, like it was kind of built up to a fever pitch. So I mean, we were hoping it'd be much more of a fight from the Aussies, but I mean, we all know what happened. So. <laughs> Yeah, I think I was looking forward to the series like nothing else. I mean, since the last trip to Australia, I mean, boy, I mean, like this was a long time coming. So, yeah, I mean, I thoroughly enjoyed the series, though. I mean, like just the chaotic nature of it. So, yeah. Right. No, even us, like, uh, that's why we did the preview and and we had also spoken up back then that is a really good side <clears throat> that is coming over and I think everyone in the media also echoed the same thoughts that it had uh, you know elements of the same side that had come over um, in 04 and so on uh, so Yam what did you think of uh, how the first test was shaping up with, with all the talk uh, about the so-called demons even before the first ball being bowled for me the series was won and lost with the <clears throat> attitude in which they came in. And, you know, one of the things I was disappointed in reading about or listening to is the Aussies seem to have picked up their excuses for losing the series even before they landed. So they weren't expecting as much as I was because I predicted that Australia would win 2-1 in the series, to be honest. And I thought that if they played to their potential, they would beat this Indian side. Because they had the batsmen to cope with it. But the way their senior uh, star superstars of yesteryears or even the local media back home was playing it was as if they were 
they were taking like nice to a gunfight and they the odds were stacked against them and they would be lucky to get out without getting massacred which is exactly how they ended up playing in the first test with a lot of uh, trepidation they were expecting demons on the pitch so for me uh, if the aussie media had kept their mouth shut the australian players might have actually played better than they did the the fact that they did their own mental disintegration was kind of a sweet release from the days of 2001 where steve was mouthing off everything he could find about everyone he could think of so you know for me this was uh, very funny in a way because i didn't expect it i actually thought they would come here to give us a a good uh, fight and maybe a bloody nose at the very least in the first test and we all know how that panned out <laughs> that 76 for 2 boondi things were looking pretty okay on the first day at lunch right they they were in fact um, you know max uh, i i kind of want to start off with where uh, it all started right with bharat sundares in like putting up a picture of that pitch and then the aussie journals the visiting contingent kind of <laughs> running away with it and 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 like and like be moaning rank turners and about how it was not equal to the game and i'm like guys you know how many tours of asia have you had like what if if you can have like seeming green pitches you you should be equally happy with like turning tracks right but all that said when when india started bowling right like the first wickets went to the pacers if you remember right like the mohammeds kind of got in with it and at one point in time i thought labu was in for a for a good score because he was looking really settled you know labushain was like in 40s steven steven smith got a 37 and i was like you know yeah they're looking in good nick uh, maybe yeah they they were still kind of um busy evaluating the pitch and maybe like misreading it but they did look in good knock so at 76 for 2 i thought you know it was it was going to be like a five day game and i was like uh really excited because you know if if they can actually like get to maybe i was thinking i was thinking 275 was par for the first inning score at one point in time so i was very surprised that night as to how things uh, went down right i mean they it was as if like they all prep for ashwin and then jadeja comes in and like runs them through right so yeah i mean and it wasn't a rank turner either so that uh, the, the, what happened like in the first innings at nagpur is what set the tone for the test i thought because uh, you know both nagpur and delhi were in rank turners per se yes you know the the bounce was doing something and the spinners knew how to exploit it but I don't think there were any demons in the pitch but I thought that every Aussie batter that came into bat bearing like uh, Marnes and Steve uh, were thinking that oh you know the pitch is going to jump out at me now oh you know there's going to be a monster jumping out at me now and I think that is why they weren't able to apply themselves you, you know what I mean it's 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 baffling <laughs> that it that it went down that way what what I have to call out here and uh, was that you know you also have to give credence to the fact that you know wh- when the first test happened i was thinking that pat cummins was under bowling himself uh, to be very very honest and i was like why is he not uh, bowling more we'd later come to know that uh, pat had like great mental strength that even turning up for the game in very very difficult familial circumstances uh, but the one thing i 
think Aussie should have done in that first test uh, is to have gone with their best bowling attack, uh, right? Yeah, Murphy did very well, but all, all said and done, uh, I, I think that uh, Nagpur happened because uh, of of their uh, um, trepidation at like pitch monsters and you know the various injuries and stuff that they had to like go through as well. The biggest surprise at Nagpur was, and the biggest talking point at least for the media was uh, the fact that Ed and <clears throat> Green and Stark uh, weren't playing. I mean, two of them at least were injuries and couldn't be available. But the whole head thing was blown off way out of proportion, at least I felt. Um, Sriram, what was your take on that? Because I don't think that even if Head was there, that test would have ended any different. It wouldn't have. But you said it, right? I mean, like, the and Boondi said it too. The trepidation made them drop him. I mean, he was, of course, we've seen what happened the last couple. I mean, he's barely played in the subcontinent. I think Sri Lanka ones. And so he hasn't played much. But yeah, sure, he had struggled. Uh, it's that trepidation, even in dropping him, was it's, it's almost they turned it into, oh, God, we can't play him. It's going to be the death of us. But as you said, I don't think it would have changed anything, even if he had played. But I think it would have shown at least a little more mental, uh, what do you call, fortitude or <laughs> strength. I mean, they were missing. I thought missing Hazelwood was uh, stark and green was going to kill them. I mean, like, and as Bundi said, Cummins wasn't bowling much. So they they walked in with this weird uh, sort of mental state. And it showed. Yeah, 76 for two. Everything was like, yeah, business as usual. Labu's up to his usual steady uh, batting. And like, they didn't look like they were in too much trouble. And then Jaddu just ripped through them. <laughs> so no, head wouldn't have made a difference. No. Yeah, so I have watched 14 days of this series every day until lunch. With the time zone, that that was all that was possible for me. Exactly, me too. <laughs> I I watched almost all of it. Uh, my sleep cycle went for a toss though, but it was I I did manage to catch quite a bit of it. I mean, your time zone works much better, but for us, you know, like lunch itself I, is like a big thing. Uh, the first hour <laughs> is midnight, and then lunch means you know one a.m. So that that was a stretch. So I have only watched until lunch every day. And whenever I watch till lunch, it is. The, like the first year was pretty okay. Like 76 for two. Okay, this is going to be a big one. You wake up and then it's <laughs> totally different. I know. Mayhem. <laughs> and, and tell you what, what was more funnier was I thought the 177 was a one-off thing because I remember arguing, like I called my dad and we were going back and forth. And, you know, me and my dad agreed about one thing. Which was that, you know, this 177 is not going to happen again. Because my dad was like, you know, now that they've seen Rohit bat, he was like, he was pretty sure that they were going to come and apply themselves. And then what surprised me was like the 90 all out in like the second inning. And what was that? That was a harakiri for me. Yeah, that was ridiculous to watch. Uh, I mean, before you... you go that far, no, let's, let's, before you go to the second inning, let's, let's stick with the first thing. Yam, uh, what did you think of what happened? I mean, I actually have a slightly contrarian viewpoint. All three of you. Yeah, yeah. I think I think Travis. You should have I think a contrarian. Travis... <laughs> you had two one on the card. Fair yes. Because I actually thought Travis Head would make a difference because I thought he would do the gilly thing, 
which is essentially throw the spinners of their length and i know travis head was is not the best player but if you remember usman khwaja was terrible in the subcontinent or he was actually very poor against spin bowling till he reinvented himself and one of my things about this test match from a selection standpoint was that they did a mistake of uh, of peter hanscom not being in there instead of pat trenshaw as well right but even if hanscom was um, uh you know was was not i guess the best best of form or best uh, person to be there they didn't pick the right people for yeah. the for the game they actually just went by uh they just went by who they thought would uh, survive they didn't think about who they thought would win them the match and the form of david warner was quite a surprise for me because uh, I actually thought that David Warner would do much better than he did and uh, yeah I mean the only thing which I can think of is there was something going on in their camp because after two games David Warner went back to went back home and you know he he hasn't been heard from except on TikTok videos doing not and not to he's not doing much else so they didn't uh, they didn't actually play the right place i'm sorry i mean i say peter hanscom they should have played him i mean played him higher up the order because they played him much lower and he's not the kind of player who plays with the tail well that's more like a travis head sort of a job whereas peter hanscom is more like labushain smith he should be in that in that middle of the three or maybe after smith because hanscom started off as one of the promising young players which australia brought in in the last decade and then he tapered off because they figured out he couldn't play anywhere else other than the subcontinent and they specifically brought him in for the subcontinent but didn't give him enough to play with so i was sort of disappointed by that and on the other side they actually did bowl well i disagree that common should have you know bowled himself more because he saw early on that he was not making the impact he needs to take wickets because common says I think this is his first tour to India isn't it so he's not had the opportunity to play well in this ground and he he kind of learned very early on that you need to get your spinners on early to do well and to be honest none of the australian fast bowlers did well it's not like in the rest of the series someone else came in and they did amazingly well that kamin should have bowled himself and he did the right thing by not overstretching himself in this test but still the test selection was poor um and they didn't they did not attack india's bowling the they either defended or they slogged which was where they lost their marbles and uh, pretty much against jadeja um they were i don't know it's almost like everyone sees videos of jadeja and they go into the middle and forget how he bowls jadeja is not someone who will get you with a turning ball he's someone who will get you with a straight ball so if you play for the straight ball and then miss the turning ball you'll more or less survive but if you play for the turning ball and miss the straight ball you're dead and they did that over and over again but you know what was surprising for me yam and uh, shri and max right the the same australian team 2017 batted very very sensibly against spin and here they were getting out to inside edges you know that i i don't know I'll how i'll explain i'll explain that the 2017 team was under justin langer and justin langer 
uh, well you may disagree with it but don't come on with me justin langer may be a terrible coach uh, from a human perspective but he was a very very astute technician his brains were amazing and he had someone like steve smith who could execute it too so when justin langer said to someone that if you get out your your on your next play now he meant it and people feared it very similar to how john buchanan also worked whereas well, i don't even know who the current coach is to be honest but whoever the current coach is none of the aussie players actually are scared of him they don't care about what he says and whether it makes a difference to them in their career because well whatever happens the coach does not have as much control as what justin langer did and justin langer was a tough cookie very very tough cookie i i'd have to disagree with that and i'd come back to that and uh, but but max i i'm sorry i'm leading off on here but as to what yam mentioned about them kind of not opening up to our spinners i think ashwin and jadeja sort of got into their head even before like the match could begin right because um, you know they they you know you know what happened in the england test series you know that ashwin jadeja can bat and akshar can bat uh, so i think even coming in with you know hype about veteran bowling like jadeja in the nets to them and all and i was just thinking guys like why are you letting it get to your head you, you know what i mean uh, because it makes the bowler's job like really easy the one wicket i, I remember can i counter that it's not like we didn't do it with vaughn either we actually had like else ramkrishnan bowling on the rough against tendulkar and at that time it worked so i disagree that it was a stupid idea to get someone who could bowl like ashwin or bowl like jadeja in the nets because that's literally what we did we have done that in the past as well even in the 2001 series when you know matthew hayden made such a huge difference one of the reasons he did that was because he played with a rougher on his off stump and around his leg stump and he got the off spinners to bowl and like you know left off i think off spinners off spinners to bowl at him in the nets continuously i don't think we should make fun of that that's that's no. truly a preparation thing no no yeah i'm not making fun of that okay i i am not what i'm trying to say is this right you can always prepare for a bowler we even did that in australia with having bashi stay back so that you know he can kind of get that lioness thing right we, we did that everyone does that i'm not denying that but if you look at uh so if you look at prior aussie tours right when they come in they always talk about having a plan of attack against indian batters or indian bowlers right that's their mindset when they come in they're like oh yeah we have plans exactly. for virat kohli oh yeah, yeah, yeah we yeah. have plans for everyone this is probably the only instance where i remember where none of the thought pieces and none of the uh, aussie contingent was talking about having a plan of attack against ashwin or jadeja you know what i'm trying to say it was all yeah. about oh you know we know ashwin and jadeja can be a challenge so you know we we've got an ashwin clone coming and like kind of preppers it was not about yeah man you know come to the pitch we'll fight it out like that was not there so that is what i I, mean. i don't think they did that i don't think they did that with anyone to be honest uh, if anything it was always the other way around the aussie bowlers would target indian batsmen the aussie batsmen would never say we are going to target a particular bowler even when kumble was bowling even when shrinath was bowling in his prime they never said they never come out and say that we are going to target you it yeah, was just I, assumed that they would go they would go after them and that's how they have been playing forever it's yeah, not I, new right 
yeah but this time was the way the media kind of went about it i i just felt it was weird and if you look at the wickets that fell right um i i remember jadeja getting like a beautiful inside edge uh and then uh i was like have have they forgotten like the wickets were beautiful but i felt like you know why are they not applying themselves wherein in our first innings we batted i mean rohit batted really well so anyone have any thoughts on that with the mayhem which had just happened right i mean like just one last thing about uh, jadeja that day he bowled well that but the batting seemed to be in a completely different universe to the bowling he was what he was doing and it allowed him to just impose himself rohit just walked in like what's the big fuss kind of thing and and he was i mean he was that was quite a, a excellent knock because he attacked calmly he he i mean like it it was a classic rohit innings and all of a sudden you were thinking what what just happened i mean like why did what happened with the australian batting so i i was super impressed with rohit i mean like it's been a while since he i mean like when when was the last test he played i mean or a great knock probably in england right so rohit sandrad was an excellent one and it seemed like what jadeja did and what he did within the 24 hour period kind of immediately set the tone for what was going to happen in the second innings so i think rohit's knock was an excellent one of course how can we forget our superstar uh coming in at number 9 too so i want to actually get into that because one of the i i completely agree with rohit being amazing in his in his innings but the difference was actually the lower order because if yeah. you see when the sixth wicket fell we were only about 50 odd runs ahead we were at 200 and something 210 220 maybe and i remember australia actually lost their last five wickets for less than 30 runs and we went from we got about 180 runs out of our last four wickets that it in itself is a unique phase in indian cricket because one of the things that uh, even before bgt we were discussing was how throughout the last 5 6 years our lower order batsmen have become critical to our success not just uh, helping you know helping hand to our success because uh, earlier if i mean i remember the days when after Mo- nayan mongia got out you basically know that the next 20 runs is all 20 runs is probably the max we're going to get and in chennai in 99 we didn't even get that but leaving that aside if you look at just how many runs our lower order has contributed i don't think there's a lower order in world cricket with a better you know counter punch than india right now somebody did actually put up uh, stats for the lower four for the, for uh, every team and you're totally right i mean like uh, our, our uh, indian lower order has been amazing for the last little while and i mean it's criminal that akshar came at <laughs> number 9 i would actually put him before ashwin i mean like I, why why is he coming in at 9 i mean he looks so assured i mean he, he was batting so beautifully in that 80 odd he got he was incredible yeah i mean i i agree that um, akshar patel the batsman was probably for me the find of this series we'll cover that when towards the end but akshar patel the batsman was a find of the series but before we finish off on the first innings i want to just give a hat tip to murphy 
because he got a 7 for in the first innings under not so easy conditions basically he bowled like 50 overs or something to get the 7 innings 7 wickets and uh, as good host we seem to continue our long standing tradition of uh, rewarding the debut debutant with the best figures they'll ever get in their entire career and uh, hopefully long may it continue and we still win the test matches yeah but i have to tell one thing about murphy or murthy i like to call him for a kid that's young right like as a spinner and especially as an overseas spinner your first tour to india can be like very 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 mentally uh, you know uh, stressful right there's the expectation there's there's the thing that oh you know you have to do in the subcontinent well for you to like kind of get a couple of more looks in like because uh, australia for a really long time always go with like one spinner in their attack so the competition is intense so you know with with all the baggage that comes with and with the fact that he barely had anything to defend murphy was very very excellent for a 22 year old spinner visiting india for the first time and as a test debutant as well because i i remember uh, shri and max i don't know if you recollect um, he wasn't afraid even when he was hit he was just willing to like go back to his mark and kind of just keep working at it until he got those seven wickets and i think that's a mark for a very good spinner he was yeah, incredible the, the even in the first over itself i had never seen him right the first time we see him basically what impressed was his demeanor and his attitude like you said i mean like he was unfazed he i mean a 22 year old kid walking into the cauldron and he looked like he belonged i mean i was watching him in like complete awe i mean like how cool is his head i mean th- that guy is something else i mean whatever happens in the future that i mean he was super impressive i mean like even his bowling aside i think it was his attitude and even you would look at him and go guy isn't rattled a bit rohit is batting like out of his skin and he's unfazed i mean like that was super impressive and at one point in time he was actually getting more overs than lion which was saying something uh to me because uh you know murphy was like revving it up he was like uh trying to kind of read the bounds and do a lot of things to get the wicket but i felt at some point in time lion had like you know had this okay i'm done i'm not making any more efforts on this pitch and murphy was more often than not bowling more overs than lion and i thought that is very impressive that in an aussie lineup you come in as a debutant spinner and your captain actually gives you more overs than the go to the mainstay of the team Yeah. So Mark, that that was very exciting to see. I, I haven't been uh, very excited about an Aussie spinner. So that's the thing here, right? Now you, you have to remember, uh, Mitchell Swepson was the designated number two coming into the store because he had done, he had bowled in Pakistan as well uh, and Sri Lanka. So, <clears throat> but then Sophie uh, leapfrogs him, and already everyone's like, you know, why are you putting a debutant in your first test ahead of someone who's played a couple of tests they must have definitely seen something in the nets which is why they chose to go with two off spinners you know not it's not often you will see two off spinners um in the in the 11 so it definitely seen something and that's what he showed he played he, he varied the pace uh, very well you know a lot uh, he would go into like uh, 
thing would hit like 95 96 and then another ball would be like 87 or 84 or something like that right so he would vary his pace a lot that's what uh, in fact that rahul wicket was one was one like that if you watch the balls before the rahul wicket that's where he was done and you know he he lobbed that uh, cotton bowled uh, late in the day so he bowled really well and when he got seven um had said this somewhere else that you know i hope it's not uh, because there have been three debutants uh, in asia all wear specs and have taken fifers um, you know abrar um, rehan and uh, murphy uh, and it, 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 it was they're all looking very similar it was it was interesting to see that yeah, he getting more because then their premier spinner was something, and it must have done you know Lions confidence. Uh, it must have done a big number on Lions confidence as well because you know a you lost the test, but also this internal thing. You know you have someone else uh, who's just come yesterday. Uh, you know going and it's not like Lion got three and he got five. Like you know Ashwin got three, Jareja got five. Lion got one and he got seven. At one point we were like. Uh, <clears throat> No, uh, can he even because uh, Cummins had got gotten the first wicket, so he could not go ten. But at one point they were like, you know, can he actually go to nine? When he got Kohli, the look on Kohli's face was amazing. When he Kohli yeah had stumped himself, but uh, uh, <laughs> like I can never forget Kohli's face. It's like what the hell happened? <laughs> no, I agree. I think the. The main thing which I noticed about uh, Murphy was, uh, which is amazing for me, every spinner, foreign spinner, who has come to our shows and tried to bowl in India has mostly done it with help of the pitch. He's probably the first one in a very long time. After, I think, Dan Vittori, I would really think it's only after Dan Vittori. He's the first finger spinner, I think, who beat us in the air. And he did it both from over the wicket and around the wicket in, the, in his first innings of bowling on a pitch he's not familiar with. He must have done some serious research. He seems like the R. Ashwin kind of research-oriented, nerdy cricket player. He, he and Labushan must be like geeking out over cricket videos in their free time is how I see them play it. But... For me, that's the most impressive thing about Murphy is that he actually beat us in the air. And he, that means that he can pretty much be successful anywhere in the world. Lion tried to beat us in the air and after a while he gave up. He was just bowling darters and trying to get it to spin. And once in a while he would toss it up. But Murphy was on the money every ball of the entire innings. And that was incredibly impressive, like uh, all of you just said. I would like to actually see Murphy going to the Ashes this year. If if there's one spinner that Australia should take, I I have my money on Murphy. I'll leave it at that. Depends on who's Smith, the captain at that time. I actually think Steve Smith will come back as captain for the Ashes. But anyway, let's, uh, that's a different discussion altogether. Moving on to the second innings. I mean, I just want to kick it off because for me, second innings was all about Ashwin and the genius of him. And this series was actually a lot about the genius of Ashwin because uh, what he was able to do in the second innings was torment the Australians, which I love when someone is able to do that. And he didn't have to wait 
to torment the Australians. He literally started off ball one, started tormenting them, and everyone's like, he's too hot to handle. I don't want any, any more of this. Tata, bye-bye, see you, and left the arena. And they seem to be in a hurry to get back to their hotel for some reason. But for me, his most impressive um, wickets were because he was beating the players on line. Um, even if he, most of them were LBWs, I think he was beating them on line pretty much every ball. So if the Australians survived for more than five deliveries, it was, they probably had at least one or two which beat their outside edge. Or, uh, you know, they were struggling with and they, they barely got their bat down on time sort of situations. What do you think, Budhi? What do you think Ashwin's inning, uh, second innings bowling looked like? Oh, Ashwin's second inning bowling was very, very commendable. Uh, yeah, I actually loved what he did. But I want to kind of make a call out to KSB here. And I think Ashwin was able to do that with confidence because of how beautiful Bharat was as a keeper. I had my, I'll not deny that you and Max know I had my reservations of Bharat as a keeper because the first 15 overs his keeping was like all over the place. Um, he was not rising with the ball and you know, there were like uh, stuff that you wouldn't expect from a keeper of his caliber as he was hyped to be. But what 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 made me feel good about the second innings was um, if, if you look at the wickets that Ashwin got, right? Uh, there's one, like, of course, uh, Warner was leg before, right? And then uh, Renshaw was leg before, Han- Hanscom was leg before, Carey was leg before. That kind of just talks about how accurate... Uh, Ashwin was, uh, but you also have to understand that if Ashwin's, if Ashwin was able to be that accurate and bowl that way, you also need like a great keeper to uh, support him. And I think that what 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 stood out to me in that Ashwin assault in the second innings was that uh, even the ones where you know it wasn't LBW, there were like edges. Bharat was like. On the ma- on the money out for blood, so uh, you know even if the LB didn't happen, I I'm sure that there would have been like a couple of uh, card behinds and stuff. Uh, the other thing I want to add is what Ashwin was aided by, right? Uh, it's 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 interesting about how that kind of plays into the psycho- psyche of the batters, right? Like you've seen your opposition teams tailenders come in and score the numbers they do, and you're already like monsters on the pitch uh, you when, when you come into your second innings rather than come in with a clean slate uh, you're coming in tired and you're coming in like despondent because tired because you've been on the field for a really long time trying to get the last four out and then you're despondent because you're like oh you know now I have to go in and like see these world class spinners off and they had three of them in the line because there's Ashwin there's Jadeja and then there's Aksar Patel who can get through his overs really quick right and to me, the game was over when Warner got LBW, right? Because then they knew that, okay, uh, it's it's going to be hard. It's, it's going to be crazy. And, you know, I, I think that Ashwin's bowling was fantastic. But some of them mentally, I thought that the Aussies just couldn't, like, handle him. Very first over, right? I mean, like, uh, he got Kawaja. <clears throat> and I mean, it was a beauty. I mean, like, Kawaja, I mean, like, Dip and drop. Yeah. Holy, right? And uh, he was immediately into it. I mean, like, I remember that over. I mean, like, I was just 
the second over of the match, right? And he he does that. I mean, like Kawaja could have played it better. I get it, but you're looking at it going. There he goes. He's starting, and then we know what happened. But uh, I think he started off bang on the money the very first over. So he was super impressive. Yeah. Is that something which Ashwin is doing? And I think he is, but I can't put my finger on it. Is that something Ashwin did in this series, which is different from what he did in his previous series, that uh, he is, you know, he's carried on through the entire series, which is, he is not in a hurry. Earlier, I mean, I don't know whether it happened, uh, it didn't happen in BGT for sure in 2020. But usually in home series, when he's competing for wickets with Jadeja, you see Ashwin sometimes get frustrated if he's not getting his wickets in the first 5-10 overs. This series, he was willing to buy time. He was patient. It was almost like he was enjoying it. He was enjoying just bowling. Not He didn't care about the wickets. It seemed like an attitude shift for him. Did you see that? Completely agree. I completely agree. And I'm, I'm going to be jumping the gun, but I think when he bowled those 48 or whatever overs in the last test, you were watching him going, this is a very Anashwin like Ashwin. Because exactly. You, you, you totally said it because when things are not working, I mean, like Ashwin's body language is very different in the past. Here, he mm. seemed to be willing to just, I mean, like, like stick to it. I mean, like, if there was something very un Ashwin like calm to Ashwin throughout the series. Yeah, he, be- he became a monk. But we will continue that Ashwin conversation for the second test because I want to make sure that we we spend each test and talk about Ashwin in each test because it seems like a theme of the series, actually. So second test, Max, uh, I know that the second test was probably the one that everyone was expecting, uh, you know, Australia to do really well in, in Delhi. And I know that all of us predicted that Australia will probably win that test. So, where do you think the the key, I guess, difference makers were in the second test in New Delhi, especially in the first innings? Because it was a pretty close run thing in the first innings. Because if you think about that also, right? Australia, <coughs> the first session was pretty was a shared session. Australia made like what ninety four or ninety something um, for three, um, and just before lunch, I think you know uh, they lost that uh, that their third wicket. So. It was a shared session, and it looked okay. It looks it looks like they're coming out you know, uh, decently here, um, and this will also probably be good. Very much like how Nagpur was, right? You know, the session looked pretty decent. Also, the first session did look decent, you know. Um, and we're like, okay, this let's see what's what's going to happen. Now they had that double. In fact, you if you think about it, if not for that Ashwin over. Where uh, he got Marnus and Steve, uh, th- that first session was uh, was Australia's, and going to lunch, you know, India probably might have felt better. But I thought, okay, boss, as I'm going to bed again, <laughs> this is going to be at least this one will be a good one. Um, when I woke up again, it was not 170, but it was uh, 263, I think. Yeah, it was 263 when I woke up, and um, and like, okay, fine. You know, the, this is this this test at least probably will be somewhat decent. What uh, I didn't expect was how India played, and I think this is where Rohit's uh, hundred in the first test 
kind of um, kind of uh, smoothened all the blemishes in the indian batting because our ba- batting was exactly the same like how it was in the in the first test that that 100 from rohit is what you know made took made the score look like uh, 400 but otherwise you know rohit out for like 30 or something and then we were also back uh, to par at 260 and even that 260 was not going to happen remember right we were what 140 for 7 uh, yeah. before ashwin and uh, uh, akshar happened so 140 for 7 with 260 uh, you know the austrians already scored we were looking to concede a lead of 50 to 75 easily and that would that's what i think what austria also would have expected uh, what do you think sriram completely uh, 100% because i went to bed like you did uh, at lunch uh, thinking yeah they look pretty good and uh, yeah that over of ashwin yeah that started it i mean uh, hanscom was impressive uh, in their innings but uh, 70 odd he got but you're totally right in that our batting the moment rohit we didn't have the rohit 100 it looked kind of not that impressive in the uh, at kotla saved by akshar again so uh, even i personally like uh, the rest of you thought i mean like australia would definitely uh, what do you call not not go the nagpur way in delhi but i mean boy were we in for a surprise though but no i think our batting uh, in the first innings if not for akshar i mean god knows what the result would have been uh because for me right uh, sriram that was the thing second day i went to bed at 88 for 4 was the score at lunch and that's why i'm like we are screwed yeah um, 88 for 4 we are screwed that rohit is gone he was the only person who was going to do we cannot expect lightning to to strike twice and these guys to bail you out each time so 88 for 4 this is not happening you wake up and then i see the scores you know uh, were level so that uh, was again and lightning should not strike twice but it strike thrice <laughs> for us <laughs> in for the form of akshar abundi yeah. uh, what do you think of that so i'll tell you what you guys waited at least until 88 for four right for me when pujara got out a lion that's when i was like okay this is going to be australia's test to lose because i never seen puju get out a lion in that way before right it was not like a magic ball or anything of that sort the way pujara got out right it it was a very ordinary ball at 54 for 3 and i'm like okay if puji can like get out in this manner i'm like i'm not having any high hopes for any of the remaining batters uh max and yam if you also remember i was pretty pissed at our like team selection for the second test because i was of the firm opinion that rahul needed a break and you needed to play scooby in delhi of all places so I I was like okay sorry to interrupt but you might want to say who Scooby is <laughs> okay <laughs> all right uh, Scooby is Shubman uh, a bunch of us on Twitter call him Scooby you know I started out as Shubi Scooby and it's just stuck but I was of the opinion that he should have played in Delhi so you know I was like okay nice lesson learned you guys next test you're going to bring him in but that said um, Max uh, Shri you've covered like all Akshar and Ash- Ashwin's partnership right. but that would not have been possible if not for virat kohli's 44 True. and i want to i want to call out it was like the most unviratesque 
knock I've seen in a while. I mean, he's been through that like in the last year and a half. But this one, uh, you know, was like a battle. He was like, you know what? I give a damn. I'm not going to give up. I'm just going to be here, get any runs that I can. And I was very heartbroken when he got out at like that 44. So uh, for me, that first innings, yes, uh, Ashwin and Akshar kind of got us to the score. We did. But that was because of Kohli's 44. And it was very, very gritty. So that's that's my thoughts about the first innings. And even when we were like on par, Max, I was thinking that the test was done. Uh, you know, I was like, okay, this is Australia's test. Uh, we'll we'll have to see where we play the third test and what happens. What what were you guys thinking? Like uh, at at the end of two sixty two. Not just two sixty two. They ended the day at sixty one for one. Right, so we we drew we are two sixty two, and uske baad these guys were sixty one for one. Travis Head has opened, uh, <clears throat> be, uh because uh, uh, Warner you know gets hurt. Travis Head has opened, and he has blazed through sixty one for one. So not only were we, so there, I'm like okay, this is they'll bat day three, and we are going to be screwed. But uh, when I started watching day three. <laughs> I did not know what was happening. <laughs> I still cannot figure out what was happening. Before we go to day three, I, I have a couple of things I want to throw out here. And uh, I want to get uh, all of your views, especially Sriram's view on this. Because I, I don't know, this makes no sense to me. So first thing I want to throw out is, Nitin Menon, what, does, what did Virat Kohli do to them? Because Nitin Menon seemed to be having something... Completely like the Buckner versus Sachin era, Nitin Menon versus Virat Kohli is the way I see it. He doesn't get a single umpire's call. And I think Virat made a joke about it in the fourth test. But yeah, that is one. And second thing is, I was very disappointed with... I, I Maybe because Cummins had things going on in his head, he maybe did not actively participate as much as he should have. But I have a feeling he backed off uh, Nathan Lyon. because. He did not give the overs he should have to Murphy. Even though Murphy was bowling beautifully, Nathan Lyon probably did that I'm a senior sort of a thing. And I remember on air, we were we did, a, we did an hour uh, Twitter live on a spaces side, Twitter spaces every day of the test. And we were shocked how late uh, Murphy was coming in because the hard new ball went to Lyon. The best, uh, you know, the footmarks which uh, which were there, the end of the footmarks went to Lion. Murphy was the one causing trouble, but Lion was the one who was being given more overs. Do you think Aussies missed a trick there with Nathan Lyon and Todd Murphy, especially in the first innings? I would the the part you're mentioning about like uh, him being feeling like a bit underbold that day. I to, I totally agree with you. I think because he bowled like half the overs, Lion bowled. And he still took a couple of wickets. So, uh, might be Cummins trying to get Lion into it. I mean, like uh, he had kind of an okay game uh, in Nagpur. So, it, it's entirely possible that he might have overdone it because or underdone Murphy because there was no reason not to bowl Murphy more. I mean, I think he bowled 15 overs or something. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, he did. This is very surprising. And, uh, 
and he he gave the ball to murphy only when there was set batsman like for example when uh, i think when virat kohli came in first right he didn't bowl murphy he bowled lyon which was very lyon and kunaman but still uh, you would think that someone who is susceptible to being lbw with the off spinner bowling around the wicket you would try to get murphy on because murphy was better at it than lyon was but he missed a trick there and i completely agree with budhi because for me one of the things that virat did this year was he kind of played himself back into being a good player of spin bowling which he wasn't for a few years in between and this test was one of the places where he started middling the middling the ball most more often than not and even the one he got out was an unlucky lbw because he didn't totally miss it he missed it by like a centimeter or so and uh, <laughs> nitin being nitin oh, did God. what he did and the third umpire being third umpire didn't see the inside edges were well. anyway different story um yeah so those were the things which my observations of the first innings was now max over to you for the day 3 which was the blockbuster <laughs> let's call it the it was a sweeping victory for india on that day But yeah, before we go to the sweeping victory, I think I know what happened to Nitin Menon. He's fraternizing a lot with Ashoka De Silva. Got to stop. <laughs> <laughs> He did have a shocker. I mean, Nitin. Yeah. Yeah. In the throughout the series, I was, I was disappointed because Nitin Menon for me was one of the best. He he reminded me of Simon Toffle when he was young. and i thought nitin menon was the next simon toffle the way he was picking things up i don't know something happened but uh, moving on to the sweeping victory max but actually you're right nitin menon actually had uh, a fabulous ipl before this if you remember i mean there was even a stat wherein he had not gotten a single uh, review go against him in the ipl and that's what uh, you know what that was his resume coming in and which is why if you realize every test had a different umpire on the other side but nitin menon was uh, stood on all four the other umpire kept changing for all the four tests but nitin menon was still there and um, yeah you know lot, seeing a lot of decisions go against him and yeah like kohli also made uh, fun of it but but yeah um we are a fledgling podcast and every episode you throw these gems like jemima rodriguez doesn't have a good head uh, kohli cannot play spin uh, <laughs> we only have like eight listeners including our families you are trying to you know deny us even that so great job uh yes coming to day 3 uh so i, I think yeah i remember we did that whole twitter space thing and like okay yeah let's see what happens day 3 61 for 1 this is going to go well and uh you know uh, no we were like 61 for 1 it is not going to go well Right, sorry. Yeah, it was not going to go well. go well for the Aussies, but not going to go well for us. And the first over, uh, head, you know, hits. Uh, first over, head hit Ashwin for a four. I'm like, okay, shit, this has started <laughs> so early. And then once he gets out, it was crazy. I mean, I I didn't know what I was watching, and this reminded me a lot of thirty uh, six all out because same thing. I, I I didn't understand what I was watching there either. Nothing made sense. Uh, one major difference though max in 36 all out i think we got out i mean they took our wickets in 36 all out because everything was a defense other than kohli trying to hit out of that rut uh, everything else was a defensive shot which hit the edge this But was basically harakiri again 
we were playing two minds. No one was playing, uh, you know, with any confidence or anything. That's that's the way. That's the parallel I was trying to get. Like everyone had some, uh, yes. some demons yes. in people's minds, and they thought, okay, <laughs> yes, the pink ball true. is doing things because Hazelwood got one to you know move enough, and people just lost mm. it. So here also, because once that get uh, of um, um, head fell. and everyone just for some reason thought because uh, you know the something there because that turned and bharat took that catch right so some reason yeah. everyone was just playing for this mysterious turn that is there and decided that the only way to go ahead was to sweep and when you watch steve smith do that right now yeah. i'm like this is this is this is bad territory like alex carey does it okay uh renshaw in fact it was like a uh, joke for us we were like okay how many balls i was on a different i was on a whatsapp group with some friends and we were like we were all doing sweep stakes is he going to survive is he going to get to double digits in terms of balls faced someone had five balls someone had three balls and so on right and that was okay but steve smith yeah. um, you don't expect to see him get out to that ball and from where he tried to sweep it for where it pitched oh it was uh, unbelievable when <clears throat> Get, I mean, demons getting into their head is one thing. I think this was even worse than that. I mean, I, I even now I can't believe what happened that day. I mean, and it it was ugly to watch. I mean, as much as the wickets were falling, it was as cricket. You're like cringing, going, "What the hell is this?" I mean, it was gross. And Smith, fall people, and for him to fall to it, I don't remember seeing Smith sweep at all. I mean, like, does he even play the shot? I mean, he doesn't. He doesn't, Sri Ram. That's the beauty, right? I mean, he never plays the sweep. It was atrocious. I mean, my favorite dismissal was Carey's. You could see all three stumps. <laughs> I'm like, that was that should be the picture of that innings because he's completely out of the. He's passed outside his off stump. I mean, he's completely turned around. And there's like a foot between his between his butt and the. Uh, <laughs> the I'm like that. That was the picture of the panic. I mean, like, but Kerry, uh, fine. For me, the picture of the panic was uh, Pat Cummins more than anyone because yeah. because I thought, okay, everyone's stupid. The captain won't do something stupid. He does that again. The sweep after seeing four people before him, and he came out. He came in right after I think Kerry got out, right? Hanscom goes goes out. So in, here's also Hanscom is walking back to the pavilion. Uh, they share. He shares a word with Cummins. So I don't know what he told him. And then first ball, Cummins is this ugly hike, <laughs> hike, <laughs> and gets. You know what? You know what might have happened, Max. I remember this uh, really uh, funny thing I've seen in Madagascar too, where uh, the they actually uh, you know do a whispering thing to the. To, from the lion to the to the penguins who are driving the plane, and the lion says, "Whatever you do, don't let go." And then uh, the penguin hears, uh, "Whatever you do, let go." And that might have happened between Carrie yeah. and and yeah. Hanscom and uh, and Cummins, where where Cummins probably heard, "Whatever you do, just sweep." <laughs> no, no, no. I'll tell you. I think what happened. Day before, coach calls them and says, "You know, you have to play with sweet timing here." I think these guys <laughs> heard it as sweep timing, and they were like, "We'll play the sweep, only the sweep, and nothing else but the sweep," because mm. that, this was an unfathomable innings, right? Like, a uh, first of all, 
on any turning track the sweep is not your first choice of shot yeah right? especially if the ball bounces low it's not the turning track which is the problem if it, it's it a is, low bounce with no, the variable it's bounce. a low bounce yes with a low bounce you never sweep because you it's more often than not that the ball goes under your back because you can't judge how much it's going to bounce at least with the high bounce you get away with the lbw so that's what even matt hayden was saying in there right mm-hmm. he was literally saying that you you brought up exactly what i was about to say hayden Aiden was on the air. I thought he was going to have a stroke because he was losing it. You remember in 2001 when Aiden had a field day in quite a few matches, I mean not in Calcutta I think, but he swept so assuredly. I mean like he was powerfully the double 100 was all sweeps, right? So I mean he, he was bang on. He was even after the match when they were analyzing it, he was saying if you don't trust your defense you got to do stupid shit like this and i think somebody asked him <laughs> and somebody asked him but for smith to do it i mean that takes a lot i mean like if smith is not the type to get phased into oh i don't trust my defense right so it i even now i can't believe what we saw that day i mean like it was i actually bizarre. have a question for both i actually have a question for you shriram and bundi I mean I'm this is a very serious question. I know we made fun of the sweeping and all of that, right? But in a team with Labushan and Smith as the batting uh you know superstars. Who do you think makes the decision on the overall team's approach towards batting in an innings because it seems like both of them were taking orders but neither of them told who gave them the orders. And like I said I don't even know who the coach is of the Australian cricket team. So who's deciding this stuff? Yeah, so Shreeram and others, right? Like this is what I thought. I thought that when Head got out, they suddenly got scared, thinking, "Oh, you know, the pitch has suddenly changed color." So I think McDonald started panicking, and he told his bowlers to kind of go aggressively and set the target, right? And he was like, "Guys, go give it all. You know, let's let's get as many runs as we can. The pitch is turning. We know, like, we have like spinners. Let's kind of get them out." uh but it was a match where they could have won with like said it pace so i think that the coach is to blame here and normally in a situation like that what what normally happens is when your coach kind of give you that advice it is up to the captain or the next most senior player in the team to kind of come and say no i don't think that's the way we should go about it right but given the circumstances pat cummins was in i don't think uh he was in any mind space uh to kind of put up an opposition and say no i don't think this makes sense we should kind of just score the way we've done um no matter what the pitch is doing so i think that's what happened there because if you look at smith playing that sweep it was as if he was telling someone's kidnapped me i'm playing the sweep now come and help me out right because you never sweep is not like a shot in his arsenal like shriram how often have we seen like Smith player sweep shot anywhere in the world. I don't remember it before then, right? Like, so I think that that's what happened. Wherein I think they got into this group thing scenario where everyone kind of wanted to play the nice guy and didn't want to speak up. The captain wasn't in a position to speak up, and hence, you know, they had a key. They lost the first test playing 
normal cricket shots none of them actually played the sweep as far as i remember only carry probably did it and he plays reverse sweep all the time was it that they thought that they missed a trick in winning the first test by play- without playing the sweep that they actually overcompensated by playing the sweep a lot because maybe the coach came and said i told you so because the first test the bounce was actually better yeah. and they could have swept to be honest the, the thing uh, if you if you think about it bounce here was definitely uh, nowhere near even nagpur labu had just gotten out to that low delivery or maybe got bowled to jaddu jaddu right? yeah so yeah. the bounce yeah, was low yeah. i mean of all the places to come up with a, a strategy of we're going to sweep our way out of trouble do it on that pitch where the ball wasn't bouncing is kind of boneheaded i mean how could you i mean like it defies cricketing logic and and then i mean we keep bringing up smith but i mean like uh, as bundi said if at all he, he he was saying anything to anyone it should have been don't bloody forget the sweep shot because the pitch wasn't conducive to that hayden went on about this too he said they're in a state where they absolutely do not trust the defense they it's almost like a, a panic reaction to overcompensate for it with this on that pitch it was i mean like nothing nothing makes sense also shriram i think there's one thing that added to this mentality right i i have one thing to add i think that the aussie uh, team uh, caught a lot of criticism from the senior players after the nagpur test like i remember an allen border interview where he was like why you like uh, um you know why are you high fiving players why are you being friendly on the pitch what is this thumbs up nonsense or oh, there's no fight in this aussie team and i think it got to them somewhere as well wherein you know when you play so much against each other you can't be help but buddies i think somewhere they were like oh you know we'll show our intent on the field and that was mistimed intent because you sh- you cannot show your intent by sweeping on a pitch that's not conducive there y- you know i think that's what happened like all that and they were like oh we have to do something to show intent uh, they could have very well like shown their intent by you know trusting their defense and in the absence of that trust been very very cautious about how they kind of took their time and slowed down the pace of the game because had they slowed down the pace of the game they wouldn't have gotten gotten out in this manner it's it's just that everything it was like the perfect storm right like frantic it just blew up yeah, it was so frantic that you like who's going to keep a cool head for like a couple of overs nobody did but it was it was unbearable to watch them <laughs> like, what the what is this like ugly very ugly yeah i think that's a good segue because we had our own ugly innings which came in the third test so max unless you want to add something over to you to give us the uh, headliner for the third test before we go to the third test um, <clears throat> there were a lot of players that you know, flew back and forth uh, and you know they actually yeah no one came back people just flew one yeah. way yeah um, you know you had warner leave uh, hazelwood left cummins left um, but no one came back this way so ashton agar was, was there too Ashton Agar went back and he yeah. said he was going to he is going to play some shield games so uh, 
at one point it was like there was nobody left it, it was almost like the whole uh, a four test at uh, you know at gabba where no one is left anymore so i think they had lance morris uh, i think he was the only other person left in the team uh, because they needed you know 12 or 13 players uh, to, <laughs> to to do stuff because they didn't have anyone at that point so they 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 had a over bloated test side thinking that cam green and stark wouldn't be fit the only person they actually sent back for true fitness reasons was probably hazelwood warner had a concussion if you remember and uh, i don't know how he had the concussion after he played through the concussion but that's something which the aussie cricket board needs to answer to the icc because it's dangerous they all we all know what happened uh, almost uh, 10 years ago is it now um so we don't want a repeat of that but and i think the aussie cricket board and especially the coaches and the physios have a lot to answer in how they let warner continue batting with a concussion so warner and hazelwood were the only two players who were sent back and they had cam green and stark come back into the team i don't think they actually were lacking bodies what i think they were lacking was clarity of thought yeah. in the first two tests tests and playing these players made them realize who they wanted and who they could let go uh, they must have seen how agar and uh, others performed and even swepson right how they performed in the nets which is why they flew in uh, kunaman as well for the second test and uh, maybe they didn't fly him and maybe he was already there but kunaman was not someone who was like top of the line to get into the second test but he did so they did a lot of on the fly stuff sometimes it feels like they didn't pay the right kind of attention to the india series they spoke a lot they discussed a lot but somewhere you know any bgt india series playing in india it's almost like a write off for them so they didn't try to compete as much as they would have say if they were playing you know england in in uh, in england for the ashes i have to disagree there right because i think they did their prep because they uh, throughout their domestic season what you hear is about agar being the first choice pick agar giving interviews as to how the selectors had spoken to him and on that so i disagree that the prep was in that the prep was there right but then coming in they they had cards that they had to deal with right and what they found out was in the cards that they had to deal with they somehow ended up with better cards than they expected right like that's what happened with murphy if you remember if you remember when the tour started agar was like the first choice spinner and i remember i don't know if i told this group or uh, uh, another friend group i was like what is even agar doing in this lineup y- you know what i mean like after yeah, Lyon, agar was never the no agar was never the first choice left arm so spinner that, because he, no he even came out and mentioned that he said that he's only played about three red ball games in the last two years because he was focusing on the white ball game so even he wasn't like clear as to what he was doing in that series other than being a net bowler to mimic jadeja and akshar patel is what i think he was trying to do no no i thought that he was always going to play or they thought that they were going to play him but then when they saw how good murphy was and they saw how good kunaman was or how good kunaman could be agar had to be let go off and i think that was the saddest thing uh, that happened uh, is is someone kind of going back mid series Uh, because you're not going to use him in the series i wonder what it does to like a player's confidence it's very rare you know right i mean you don't see it happen at all yeah i mean kunaman flew in didn't he i mean like he wasn't in the original squad yeah he did he he, he flew, flew in, in 
Fakotla. He flew. He was flown in Fakotla, and then yeah. Agar being sent back, and uh, and and when you're saying, hey, you know what? I'll fly someone from Australia, uh, and and hand them like the baggy green, rather than play you, who's been like in the entourage, and they're like, yeah, go home and play shield games. I think that's very debilitating for a player's confidence. Oh, totally you demoralizing. Know? Yeah. Not just that, someone who plays for the Queensland second division team. <laughs> I wonder how much. Oh, was well, it? I didn't know that. Yeah. That's true because I think it was wow. Ian Haig uh, who mentioned it. I mean, how many people in Australia knew Kuhneman? So, someone who plays for the second division of Queensland, flies <clears throat> in, is ahead of um, Swepson and Agar, and. It's a fifer on debut, and then also opens the batting uh, for <laughs> Australia. That is his trajectory. I mean, I, I, I. That is where, yeah, no, that's what I'm saying that they missed something in the preparation, because if you are truly prepared for a series, and I know cards get dealt, yada yada yada, right? You cannot predict the injury for Stark, uh, Green, Hazelwood. Fair enough. But from a spinner's perspective, if you don't know who your three best spinners are, and you discover your three best spinners in the middle of a series, you've somewhere lost the plot because that's what people like India used to do 15 years ago. If you see how we used to bowl, like I remember, um, Boothi might remember this with horror, but I remember this with horror as well. When R.P. Singh was uh, vacationing in uh, West Indies and he was asked to bowl yeah, exactly. And he was flown into England because they were like, oh, shit, we are out of fast bowlers. How do you run out of fast bowlers? I mean, yes, we didn't have a big bench. But, you know, that's where you know that the preparation wasn't great. And that was definitely a team which had zero preparation from the backroom staff. The lack of clarity of thought, I think, really yes. told, right? Because there was no, I mean, you, yep. you mentioned Langer earlier. Uh, or some presence who who was who could keep a cool head amidst the chaos, it seemed a little rudderless, the whole team. Exactly. It, it yes. didn't feel like, I mean, forget an Australian team. I mean, it didn't feel like there was anything, any coherent thought going into anything. I mean, like they seemed to be reacting, which is very un-Australian-like for sure. Yeah. And again, that's where I think I think that the difference between the two sides was not on the cricketing talent or the cricketing uh, people on the pitch were, but in the backroom preparation and the mental togetherness that the whole squad had towards reaching the goal. For India, it was almost like a routine thing that they were like, oh, yeah, we'll turn up and we'll win. Then they almost lost because they were kind of casual, I feel. But Australia did not have the typical Australian mentality of being fully prepped and being in the moment. They were all scattered, which was very un-Australian. It was very scattered And that's where... And coming, we have to yes. to, I mean, like, uh, I mean, like, Cummins was totally in a, the poor guy, in a yes. uh, such Understood. a severe amount of stress. So that added to it too. And like I said, I think it's Andy McDonald who's the coach. I mean, like, we have to... I don't even yeah. know who the guy is. I mean, he's that anonymous. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, they seemed kind of completely disoriented, I mean, for a while. So, the two tests, uh, like, you know, Yam and you know, Sriram, you're saying that the Australian Cricket Board has had a lot to answer and questions probably would have to be asked. 
Um, <clears throat> questions also should have asked about Karamshala that happened for us, right? Atrocious. I mean, there is no, there is no excuse for that. I mean, like it's the the photograph from December fourteenth or something. I mean, like which was floating around. Who in there? How could you at that time? The weather in Dharamshala. You think you're gonna have that stadium ready? It's there's absolutely no excuse for it. I mean, how they handled it. I mean, they should be ashamed. I mean, like I mean, the number of people we all know who had tickets to it, and it's it's unpardonable. I mean, like how could they do that? It, it, there's there was no way that thing would have been ready. And and Shriram, what was more callous about the way they went about it is they could have given enough advance notice. You, you know what I mean? Yeah, a week before uh, they decide this, I mean, no excuse for this. I I know people who lost a lot of money. I mean, we all <laughs> probably know some of them too. On hotels and stuff, I'm like, they, they're not going to get it back. And there, there were people flying in from England, I know, who wanted to watch a test match in Dharamshala, right? Tal is, is probably a compliment. I mean, like, it was terrible. Uh, it, it says a lot about our board as well, right? I mean, it's been known for a long time that our board really doesn't care about the fans. But... At least, uh, you know, there, there used to be like a sense of um, pretend helplessness at some point in time. Right now, what, what happened with Dharamshala, I found it to be very, very, very callous because, um, you know, you know that Dharamshala is going to be ready, right? Everyone knows that Dharamshala is go isn't going to be ready uh, by, by any miracle, correct? Uh, you could have at least given people like 10 days notice and say, hey, listen, it's not happening. We're, we're probably moving it to like Indore or uh, Chennai announcements to follow. Made the announcements. The the least decent thing you could have done is to at least offer people uh, tickets at a discounted rate or whatsoever. So that people that at least wanted to make the travel could still make the travel with uh, a minimal percentage of the costs uh, having gone waste, right? Like if you have like non-refundable flights and hotels and such. But the board was like, yeah, you know, I, I don't care. You know what I mean? That's that's the attitude, right? They're like, I, I don't give a damn. You want to come, you spend more money and come. I'm not going to even offer an offer a sorry. And I think that's what got to me because I'm like, uh, if I am patronizing the sport in my country, um, I don't want to be taken as a mere headcount. Correct? And I feel that that is how the board is seeing like the people that are willing to shell out the money for tickets. And that doesn't like... Uh, board well for the game in the longer longer run of things. Even that announcement they put out announcing the shift to indoor, right? So business like. I mean, like, yeah, it's not ready, so we're moving it. So uh, make arrangements to go there, kind of thing. I mean, like, the tone of it was so bad. I mean, like, great. I mean, like, uh, it's horrible. And and not that Indo was a great choice either, Shira. I know. If you look at what I, happened. I wouldn't have picked Indo. But, yeah, yeah I, I was a little pissed because I was thinking maybe Chennai would get a look in because the the ground was almost ready, right? They could have sped things up. And I thought that a Chennai test would have been wonderful no. as the third test of the series. Uh, but yeah, Indoor. Oh, God. Who would have thought? Yeah. <laughs> the fiasco, and, every sense of the way. Yeah. Definitely. 
Uh, I mean, I just wanted to mention that, you know, who would have thought Boondi? Definitely not the pitch curators looking at what they produced. But uh, I'm jumping the gun a little bit. I mean, I want to talk about, I, I know that we should expect the ball to turn on day one in an Indian surface. And I know Ashwin came out and justified saying that, well, this is what we get. This is soil. So it happens like this. And uh, all of that is fine. But somehow there has to be some kind of a pride in what you produce. That indoor pitch was a disgrace. It was. And it was not, it is, yeah, it was not a disgrace because it turned square and it like kept low. None of those reasons. It was a disgrace because it tilted the balance of bat and ball. And somehow, in a weird way, I'm not even talking about who it gave advantage to. but it nullified the bowler skill by removing the differential between a more skilled bowler and a less skilled bowler which was probably best uh, i guess uh, best seen in the nathan lyon 8 for in the second innings because our bowlers were either turning too much or the ball was missing the stumps because it hit something and it just did something really weird yeah i have to add something there okay let, let me just jump in for a minute um so um well known fact uh, home team has a say in the pitch but what what surprised me was the last time some, something of this happened was nagpur and there are a lot of conjectures behind like why that happened i think what happened in indore was a traversity for the game because it was as if they believed that our current lot of bowlers couldn't get 20 wickets of their own skill uh and um there are there are a, you you could have turning pitches right like i'm not i'm, I'm not like the sena uh supporters who kind of say oh you know pace pitches are fine rank turners are in great for the sport rank turners are fine right but then even when you look at rank turners that have been produced of your uh, there's always application of skill that's involved yeah i mean i want to i want to add one point here I don't think they tried to give home advantage. I think, I mean, there was a lot of hubris there. That's what I think caused that pitch to be built that way. Because I have a feeling they thought we would wipe the floor uh, with the Aussies, with the rank turner. And it was just like something they like to produce. And Srinam, I'm sorry I cut you off there. But the Aussies were, they, they thought that they would wipe the floor with the Aussies, with the rank turner. And I go back to my... how michael clark's career was picked up not michael was it michael clark it was michael yeah. michael clark's career was picked up with the 649 in that atrocious bombay pitch um, which i very unfondly remember because that caused the spinners uh, strategy for the next 10 years for any visiting spinner to come in and hit it flat and turn from the pitch to be their go to strategy which i'm very glad to see uh, murphy you know kind of remove but uh, shriram to coming back to you right what is your opinion of why this pitch was made this way was it sheer incompetence or was it like a little more stupidity uh, i think it was a combination of stupidity and hubris as you said because uh mm. first over we saw that big puff of dust come up and you're like what the hell right i think it, it might have been just that i mean it's like let's just uh get it over with and 3-0 and we are done right so 
I think it was a very bad decision because I think you owe it cricket a little bit. I mean, like you just take everything out of the picture by making a pitch like this. There, there's no reason for it. I mean, like who the? I mean, like I, I agree with everything all of you said. Yeah, turning tracks, let it turn square, keep a bit low. I mean, come on, we we watch cricket in India all our lives. There's nothing wrong with that. But this wasn't a. This was a badly felt like an unprepared pitch. But if they did it intentionally, then it must have been a bit of hubris <laughs> because nothing else can explain it. It was. It wasn't a. It was really not a pitch for test cricket. It, I think that the that pitch portion, uh, the way I would look at it is that because they had to move this from uh, Dharamshala at you know like within a week or ten days. That I think it was just as the second test was finishing, just as it finished, they realized they had to move this to um, Dharamshala or, some, or from from Dharamshala, right? And by then, you already had the. Anji final that was happening in Eden Gardens so that was out. Uh, Chennai was still that last stand I think was not done, and it was going to be done just before the the second ODI. So I think that was also out. And I think it was a process of elimination like that because you have had the Ranji semi-finals and quarterfinals and a lot of these other places. So I think they only had like two or three places where they could uh, <clears throat> pick out, and even then. Uh, those an indoor you know one in the end, but uh, even then I don't think they they had enough time uh, to prepare prepare a track for uh, a test. You no, know, if it was a T Twenty, it's different. I don't think they had enough time to prepare a track for a test match, and that's what came <clears throat> out. Uh, I mean, it does seem like hubris and all that because at the Shardul um, wedding. Uh, already, you know, they're talking about uh, fourth uh, having Shardul coming for the fourth test. Are talking about WTC, and so it, it seemed a lot more callous because of some of those off-the-cuff comments. I do yeah. think that uh, they just didn't have enough time. The they didn't have enough time to uh, for to prepare the pitch, and they also probably were a bit complacent, saying, you know what, yeah, okay, it's fine. You know, our guys will be okay with yeah. it. They they knew going in, it was not fully done pitch. Uh, but they just had the conference saying, you know, if our guys are able to roll them over in Nagpur and Delhi, then uh, this should also be okay. You know, we'll just we'll just be fine. And um, I think that's how it played out. But when Rohit got stumped in that first uh, test, I think it was the fifth over or the sixth over. Um, that's when I think, yeah, there was a sixth over because yeah, uh, you know, because Stark and uh, Green bowled uh, five overs. Then Kuhneman comes in the sixth over. That's when I think it was there was a problem because you could see where Carey took the ball and where it pitched, where Carey took the ball and he stumped uh, yeah. Rohit. The two things which I noticed before the game started: one was Steve Smith when he came out for the toss and when he was doing his pre-match commentary, he acknowledged how badly he played and how. terribly the team played in nagpur which i think was kind of required for him to come out and say it out in public before the third test match because that acknowledgement also meant that he could not give that same excuse again so he was on it and rohit on the other hand came out and he was like you know yeah you know but actually you see and you know it was just like 
as if he was out in the garden with some friends and he was just going to have a knock about that translated to how the batting started because scooby was batting beautifully um he had <laughs> yeah because he was batting beautifully and he had like three boundaries of stark was it he was kind of walloping them everywhere and uh, rohit sharma i think had a couple of tricky boundaries in the in between where he uh, he didn't edge it but it was like casual you know when rohit is casual versus rohit is leaving the ball concentrating it's a completely different way his foot moves when he's casual he's almost like leaning back as if he's uh, on a recliner and playing a cover drive but when he's on it he's kind of forward his head is over his elbow and his front foot defense is on the money you could see that from ball one that rohit thought that this was easy he's going to uh, he's going to uh, walk this all over there um so with that being said uh bundi i know you wanted to come in the one thing which i found astonishing in this game and the reason i was saying earlier in the part that it's a great, great segue to from the australian third innings of yeah australian third innings in the previous test to the india's first innings in this test is how similar they both were uh we we were not playing the same shot multiple times and getting out but it feels like all of the batsmen who were playing were casual in this game except uh, virat kohli uh, and akshay patel I, i think those are the two people i'll give an excuse to for saying they were on the money everyone else seemed like they weren't they weren't in the game as much as the aussies were what did you think i i i disagree a little bit a uh, couple of things i i'd like to add in here and uh, max i know we're taking time but i think this is a valid point to make uh, you guys have to remember that indo was the first toss we won okay um, in the both uh, in in both nagpur and delhi australia had won and had elected to bat indore rohit won the toss and elected to bat and rohit was clueless against what was happening uh scooby came in scooby was looking good but then you have to understand that he ran a single that was not needed right and as a consequence of that he had like a scrape and some maybe that got into his head and that's how he got out so what what i think was not about batsmen being responsible yeah but i thought that they got a little more comfortable chasing or or playing second batting second in in the previous test matches because they knew how the ball was behaving they had a very good indication of what the pitch was doing courtesy of bowlers and then come indore where they had to bat first i thought that they they were a i i wouldn't call it lazy but i just think that they couldn't like read the pitch sooner uh, shriram what were your thoughts on that because if you look at australian first innings right uh usman khwaja got that 60 but i thought that they read the pitch beautifully right because they'd seen us bat uh which which also happened to us in nagpur but i think that here uh we we missed that trick of reading the pitch and kind of understanding what it was doing and that's where we lost it i i agree the the uh, illustrative dismissal is pujara's i mean uh a wicket had just fallen and puji walks out and he i mean he placed the shot i mean like leaning back to cut but when he got bowled was he bowled or, yeah he was bowled right yeah bowled. immediately yeah. i mean like literally he had just walked in and you're looking at him going what did he do that for 
I mean, like, it seemed like a very uncharacteristic shot. So, b- both of you, Yam, you said it, and Bundi, you also said it. It, it might have been uh, a combination of that. I mean, like, they hadn't batted first, and they seemed to be not in the right kind of headspace of reading the pitch, being patient to even check it out. So, it was a... I think the bowling was good, but I think we, uh, India, just added to the uh, th- their own headaches by playing that way. I mean, like, there were quite a few, like, head-scratching dismissals. I mean, Pujaras is the one I distinctly remember because I'm like, okay, Pujiri is here. I mean, like, the boom is gone. And that to leaning back <laughs> to cut ball which was that was a bad shot i mean like a very uncharacteristic so yeah i think we missed a trick there because i don't think that pitch i mean the pitch was bad i mean we already talked about that but the way we played didn't match how you should have played on a wicket like that i mean like there seemed to be a lack of lack of patience i mean like what was it i don't know and and Sriram, Rohit's toss decision was very perplexing to me. Like when you don't, if I win the toss, right? Like I am not a cricket player by any means, but common sense decision is if you don't know how a pitch is going to behave and you won the toss and you know that there's nothing in it for bowlers or you like, you know, there's there's no wind or anything of that sort happening. You almost always want to put your opposition into bat. I think it's... To get a... It, it might, I mean, like, the way the previous two tests had gone, I mean, like... Why would you? I mean, like you, 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 they could have easily put them into bat because what you you're scared of batting last on the, any Indian wicket. You you're walking in just after two complete steamrolling victories. Uh, yeah, that was that was perplexing because I would put the opposition in, see what they come up with. That that kind of gives you a better idea as well. You you had Scooby coming in. Uh, you had Rahul out. Your bowlers were like raring to go after that Delhi uh, sweepstakes. Why wouldn't you put Australia in? Because that was what was very perplexing to me that Rohit won the toss and elected to bat, not knowing how the pitch would behave, knowing that his bowlers are in a high. Um, that, that was super perplexing for me. And also perplexing is I remember, I think right before the Zindo match, if we should like have... Uh, uh, traditional test centers like how other countries have wherein you almost always know where you're going to play your tests and thereby you can know your pitch better and he was like it doesn't matter uh, yada 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 it was as if he was like, trying to reinforce statement by winning the toss and choosing to bat but we lost the match there is is what I still feel even even to this day Max what are your thoughts about that toss um, I don't know. Again, we are just watching this on television. Right? So it's hard for us to tell, you know, because maybe they saw the pitch, they saw it was bad and thought that if we don't play, the the the, the 60 minutes is all we have before this turns into a minefield is really what they thought, which is why if you see the way uh, they started batting, um, you know, they were trying to get super aggro and go after them. So maybe thought that 60 minutes is all we have. This will this will be like a you know playing Prince of Persia in, in like sands or something is what maybe they thought after it was going to be, but it became better. So that's the thing with pitches you can't tell how they're going to behave and you know, sometimes pitches get better uh, on day two and day three as 
in, in this case, it got a little better. Or uh, sometimes they just progressively get worse. So maybe that was what was going in their head. Uh, it's hard to tell, but I'm I'm kind of leaning towards that because, you know, th- these are not, uh, this is not like third division or fifth division where you just show up and you don't know what to do. You're talking about, you know, the the two best teams in the world for the last, you know, 18 months. So they probably know how to read a pitch and uh, do things like that. And plus, I, I think it's probably somewhere like that um, is how I would put it out to. But uh, yeah, I think that Pujara delivery is what I think um, zonked everyone out. Because, you know, <clears throat> uh, what's his name? Both was just trying to go after Kuhneman and put him out of the attack in his first over itself and got stumped. But then the way Pujara's thing turned, the very next over, that's when I think something happened. And if you look at how uh, Shreyas and uh, uh, Jadu got out, I think that's where the problem was. And then by then, you know, half your side is gone. Um, you know, Kohli tried to do something with Bharat and they got them past, uh, you know, to 80 or something like that. But yeah, it was never going to go. You knew the moment you are 55, 40 for five, 45 for five, this was going to go south very bad. So the fact that they got to 100 itself was uh, was a big deal. But I think that's where they, they, they lost that whole thing of Man and then right away uh, Pujara. Then, you know, few, like 10 minutes later, Jaddu and Shreyas. Like, it, it, it fell in class. They both it fell in, went in pairs. And, Chet- and Pujara went in like space of balls. Yeah. Then Jadu and Shreyas again went in a in a space of balls. And then you're you were done there. I'd like to note that Akshar was not out. Yes. Thank you, Shreyam. That's a that's what I wanted to point out. That one more statistics for you guys. In the previous test to this test, the biggest difference was the number of runs that Akshar, Jadu, and Ashwin got together. In the previous test match, when we got the 400 in the first innings, remember when I mentioned that uh, we were 220-odd when the sixth wicket fell and we got to 400? That was 180 runs. This innings, our low, those three bats when put together scored about 20. Or 30, maybe 30. Sorry, it could be 30. And that was the difference. These, uh, these three players are probably the most critical difference makers we have in our side today with bat and ball. Uh, and the thing with, with the three of them is they never fail in both bat and ball in the same innings. If, uh, for example, Jaddu scores and, and he doesn't get wickets, or if he gets wickets and doesn't score, Ashwin does the reverse and Akshar does whatever is available to him. And the trick we missed in this game was, again, leaving Akshar for too late. I think he came in at 9 down or 8 down. Whereas I feel that Akshar should have gone ahead of Bharat because Akshar and Kohli would have been a better partnership for Kohli to play around because Kohli would have had more time and confidence to figure out what to do with it. Um, But again, uh, what I want to uh, highlight is in this particular game, uh, the max point which he mentioned about first innings and you know us reading the pitch and figuring out that it's a minefield over a period of time and thinking that it's 60 minutes that actually is also what the BCCI made us do because if they hadn't changed the pitch from Dharamshala to Indore or if we had continued to play in Dharamshala 
I'm sure we would have had a plan thought out from the backroom staff and coaching staff on what to do in Dharamshala. When you suddenly switch to indoor, you almost have like a, you have to switch context, right? Because these players are playing the entire series as if it's one big chunk. Even, if, even though they say test match by test match, they probably are thinking about the whole series and they're planning for the whole series and workload management and things like that. Because uh, Shami was rested in this game because he was red and uh, Siraj and Umesh came in. Siraj and Umesh maybe in Dharamshala would have been a bigger threat. Or maybe even Shami would have played on the third test if it was Dharamshala because Umesh would have uh, rested. So there are a lot of calculations there which goes in. And uh, we didn't have the right team to go in. In fact, it might have been better for us had we lost the toss in this match instead of winning the toss. But uh, Sriram, back to you. How do you think the difference was when Steve Smith was captaining, uh, both from a batting perspective and from a bowling perspective, versus what went on earlier? It almost seemed like Steve Smith took the team by the the scruff of their neck and stamped his style on saying, if I'm leading, this is what we're doing. I don't care what anyone else says. I'll win my way or I'll lose my way. And that seemed to be a difference maker because they seem to have a lot more clarity in their thinking. For sure. This test match was the previous one. For sure. Because you said it. I mean, like uh, Steve started off uh, right at the tosses before the match started by admitting I mean, he openly admitted, I mean, like how atrocious they were, and especially him. And I think this seemed to be the 10 days in between because of the match ending on the third day itself earlier seemed to have calmed them down. And uh, I'm sure losing Cummins and the whole kind of sobering aspect of it uh, would have put them in a more thoughtful mood. And like Steve showed it because they, they were definitely way more they seemed that, that reactive uh disoriented feeling you got watching them for the first two tests you didn't have that here when they started batting i, I think oh, how much did kwaja get i mean he got like a, a 60 right there was something assured about the, the way they went about it i mean it's not like they scored uh, they were out under 200 for sure but you could tell you could tell it was a different kind of application to the way they had played in the first two tests. But I'm sure Steve had a big role to play in it. I mean, like, I mean, we all know he would still be captain if not for all those, whatever happened. So uh, you cannot underestimate uh, his leadership because it seemed like they had someone in charge all of a sudden, unlike the previous two tests. So, and it showed in their batting. You didn't see the maniacal, reactive batting. I mean, like they seem to be playing, playing the pitch, playing the bowlers. I mean, like we bowled well for sure, but it it was a different Australia, definitely. And they also seem to get their field placing right in this Test match versus the previous one. The angles were right. They had a perfect in-out field. Most of the game, they had like a couple of mid wickets most of the time, and the ball was turning for Lion, and that seemed to help Lion a lot more because he was not getting milked for runs. But uh, is this something which you see specifically that Steve Smith is really good at in reading the game? 
he's always been good at it i mean like even uh, in, in the past we any series we've seen him captain he's i think he's a thinker right i mean like he's a he's a if at all he's a overthinker and uh you're right i mean like even things like you mentioned it's interesting you mentioned the field placings there seem to be an assuredness but like okay there's a plan I mean, like whether it works or not is different, but for the first time in the series, they seem to have their head screwed on, and it and it paid off. But uh, you can't underestimate the calmness which we suddenly saw. And I think that showed, as you mentioned, with Kwaja. But uh, Boone, I want to bring you in because um, Murphy was underbold again, but it seemed like Lion had finally found his rhythm. Uh, what did he make of his bowling? Um, so I'll be very, very honest here, right? Like I thought, Lion bowled the way he did at Indore uh, because of what the presence of Murphy and Kanuman kind of did to him. I think somewhere, um, I I typically hate to use the word complacency when it comes to like athletes and sports people, but I think somewhere, Lion had taken his position for granted, and you know, after he saw the number of overs that Murphy got in the first test and he saw Kunaman being flown in, I think it sparked something within Lion because the line that turned up at Indore was very different than the line was that, that turned up in Nagpur. Right? Uh, I, to me, he, feared, he I felt like he was out smelling for the blood. Right? And he, he wanted to like go and get a wicket like every single ball. And I think that is... That is what made Indo very, very good for Lion because uh, it's as if like his appetite came back and he's like, okay, you know, I'm going to show you that the old dog still has tricks up his sleeve and, uh, you know, he, he went all out. And I, I probably think it's one of my favorite, favorite spells of Lion I've ever seen. Max, uh, what did you think of the um, overall Australian bowling in the first innings and in the second innings. Was there anything different that you observed? We had all, in our preview, <clears throat> uh, agreed that there would be at least one uh, Australian victory. Um, you had two, but at least I was on one. So in my mind, I was thinking 2-1 or 3-1. Um, and I was exp- I was thinking of that, expecting that Dharmashala would happen and that being a, you know, a, a more faster pitch you know you would have all the Australian quicks deployed and maybe that's where the victory would come uh, what I did not expect is the opposite of that where it would be on a pitch which uh, gets a demerit point and rated poorly uh, oddly enough two of Australia's wins in India have now come on pitches that have both been rated poorly and gotten demerit points so uh, that, I was not expecting that to happen. And I think, Ayam, you did that really well at the start when you said that I, you give a Nagpur kind of a pitch, you know, a good spin bowler can get wickets. But when you do a pitch like this, it becomes more of a lottery where your good spinners are still good, but uh, your other spinners are, you know, uh, elevated way beyond what they what their craft is. Lion, I thought, bowled really well. And, you know, it was like that Rana kind of a thing he had. He was just going at everyone. 
you could see his appeals were a lot louder um and he was ru- running through uh, the whole thing and he still he still didn't get virat uh virat still reserves uh, his wickets for debutants <laughs> you know murphy mm-hmm. uh, in the first test and then kunaman here and so on so virat will still do that but then yeah line was just ripping through everyone right? shreyas and i think what turned uh, that thing for them was we were doing decently in the second the first innings okay was an aberration but i thought we were doing decently in the second inning um and that whole partnership between uh, pujara and shreyas was going decently uh, you know at 100 for 4 i thought okay yeah 100 for 4 we can easily get to 250 or something because knowing that we have real batters um coming up at you know uh, 7 8 at 6 7 and 8 but what i wasn't um expecting was and i think that's what changed also uh the game was those two catches uh and that's that's the only way both of those players could be dismissed because both of them were playing very well pujara was playing the perfect pujara role shreyas was attacking he had hit in a couple of sixes and so on but that catch uh by quaja of stark and then that one-handed blinder by smith just then there was nothing else we could do but uh, yeah full full credit to line i mean guy guy bowled really really, really? well and showed why he is the best uh, spinner um overseas spinner in india i think he's had like 55 wickets or something right i mean the guy did really well after that you know them coming up and r- knocking off those 76 was just nothing i mean in that that first 20 minutes maybe I... it was something after it was nothing I want to pause there because <laughs> I know that uh, we promised to keep it short for this particular test for this particular innings but for me the best spell of bowling by any bowler in this entire test match was Ashwin on that first on that morning the reason I say it was I I don't think I have seen him bowl better than this any time in his career because of the control he has and i when i was much younger i used to bowl off spin you know in a in a in the next somewhere back in coimbatore and my uh, coach at that time was a really old timer from who used to play for railways he was an off spinner as well and the one thing he told me was as an off spinner you should be able to hold the ball and spin it like how you would spin a top pambaram and that way you can release the ball at different places and you basically the ball almost goes in reverse if you bowl well is what he told me i don't know how what he meant by that i was too young but looking at that in that particular spell i felt like ashwin had the ball on a on a thread like he could literally do what he wanted bowl it where he wanted move it how much he wanted that was probably the most stunning off spinners spell that i have seen bowl in india since uh, baji in 2001 and this was probably the most skillful and controlled off spinners spell i have seen someone bowl in india since i have seen test cricket and i don't know what else to say about that innings about that particular spell of nine overs which ashwin bowled uh, anyone else have any comments on that or else we can move on to the fourth test no he bowled fantastically and uh, i think we oh. hey 
ിയ <laughs> no doubt but then it was just that that first few four hours but after that i think head and um, labushain and all they were like pretty much in there yeah. but, but the best uh, ashwin uh, you know performance was yet to come yeah. for the series and at uh, i guess it needed uh, it needed something it needed a giant spectacle for that to happen right we needed to see 85000 people chant champion's name um in unison or that to kick in uh, unfortunately the champion was not someone who was playing but uh, someone who does who who still but someone who is still very good with spinning i was thinking i was thinking more like this was the chariots of fire moment without the I, fire I or, the cha- or the people but I just i haven't recovered from the chariot i mean like uh, i want to meet the designer of that monstrosity i mean like that was what a start to the test match it was a batmobile it was a batmobile don't you not see the bats behind the thing guys <laughs> but you know what the fourth test felt more like a spectacle than a serious cricket game uh, at at parts and uh, um, you know we we talk about like uh, how sport is a unifier and etc 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 but what were they thinking with the batmobile like you you had a scenario where the players couldn't practice on the ground they couldn't see what stuff they were batting on all because of like a 20 minute uh, um, political rally yeah special show that was happening i mean what was that even it it was as if uh, the fourth test was less about the sport and uh, more about uh, the the i have a i have a perfect word for that Uh, you know instead of seeing batman on a on a batmobile we got two jokers on it pretty much yeah i mean it it was kind of vulgar right i mean like if you think about purely from a cricketing sense for that to lead up into the test it's a bloody test match i mean like what the hell ring a bell and get on with it you idiots and uh, what a i mean self aggrandizing spectacle he, he turned it into it was it was kind of bad taste i mean like it was horrible it yeah it, it was a very bitter end to what was a good series was what i thought but let's move on uh, to uh, the test i think by far most placid of pitches uh, throwback to late 90s in term of how good a batting pitch this was and we were talking about ashwin previously but i thought that ashwin was spec Spectacular in Ahmedabad because to to bowl the way he bowled in in Ahmedabad was a lesson in control and lesson in patience because 
Shriram and Max, I don't know how you guys feel about it, but I feel that off late, ever since we've become like a team that is known for its bowling than its batting, our bowlers haven't had to like struggle all that much. Even if you look at our home tests, they are more tilted towards our bowlers and our batters have had to equally apply themselves as overseas batters for a, for a really long period of time. And I think after a really, really long time, there was a pitch where uh, there was absolutely nothing uh, aiding the bowlers, and I thought Ashwin was great in the way he kept kind of bowling his heart out. So, w- what did you guys think about 100% that? 100% agree. I think he was absolutely fantastic. And uh, again, I'm repeating myself, but I'm like, it's not the kind of situation he finds himself in that often, right? And for him to bowl that way, I mean, like, what a mammoth spell, like 48 overs or something. I mean, it was something else. No, I think he bowled his best and I'm just jumping the gun, so did Lion. I mean, like, he even admitted that he bowled his best in Ahmedabad, 65 overs. So it, it was that kind of pitch. And they both showed why we rate them so high. Ashwin was brilliant. And and I also have to call out for Kwajas. I mean, uh, did anyone else feel bad that he missed out like on a two hundred? Because I thought yeah, that double century was there taking. I I I there was like a spectacular array of shots that he played at that one eighty. I I really loved. Uh, I would have loved for him to get a two hundred because he was like. Uh, I think this series uh, kind of reaffirmed my faith in Usman Khwaja as a subcontinent batsman because before this he was the butter jokes, right? Like guy from subcontinent can, can't like bat in the subcontinent kind of thing. But I thought except for Nagpur, uh, Khwaja has been like, and and the and the uh, wicket in Delhi, uh, you know, which which was one of the very few wickets where you, you can't like elevate to the sweepstakes. I thought this was Khwaja's like series as a batter and how lovely that he got that 180 in Ahmedabad and the way he went about it was like beautiful. Um, it, it, at one point in time, I thought they were going to bat us to a draw. That's how good he was. And again, right, I watched first season, first sessions. So seventy-five for two at lunch. I thought, okay, this is this is a decent test. This is going to go well. Khwaja's batting. Smith had just come on, and let's see what happens. But you know, full credit to like you guys say how Ashwin and the others bowled. Just to keep them to two fifty-five uh, for the day. Think that was uh, a phenomenal, uh, you know, achievement because given how that pitch was, restricting them to just that much and getting both Smith and Labushain by then. So, actually, when I woke up and going into day two, I had hope, saying, "Okay, two forty-five or four, maybe we could get these guys by three fifty or something." Right? I still had some hope, thinking that pitch would, you know, start deteriorating by, you know, as day, day two and three happens. But uh, none of that happened, and you know. <laughs> and uh, Green just kept playing. Uh, it was uh, yeah, it, it, it it was crazy to watch how they were how how well they were playing, and uh, they were it, it, they were really that good. Um, but Ashwin, you know, did great, and and that's why I think right? taking on on when you know the pitches like this, being able to pick six wickets, and I think he was like under two runs and over. Um, he was just not giving anything. He bowled like so many maidens and uh, he, he tried to do all these things with the crease because the pitch wasn't doing much. 
right? So he was going wide of the crease. He was going closer to the uh, umpire. He was going around the wicket. And even then he was using the crease a lot um, to get wickets in the air and the angles because the pitch wasn't offering much purchase. So that was a brilliant from Ashwin. And um, yeah, it, it's odd, you know, it's funny because um, Kwaja, Virat and uh, Temba all scored 170, 180s in the same week, but none of them got uh, a double century. Um, also, guest starring Scooby's 128 because once he got to that 100, right, when uh, Bax, you know, I'm very, very uh, superstitious about Shubman because at one point in time when he was close to my century, my, my dad called me up and he said, like, stop watching. Because what actually happened was in Brisbane, I was like, I was like, yeah, Shubman century in the making, he's going to get 100 at Brisbane. Uh, didn't happen. I was very heartbroken when it didn't happen. And then he's kids like <laughs> never uh, uh, like, you know, he'd get very close, but not there yet. So, you know, I was like uh, waiting for that uh, Shubman Gill century and when that happened I really thought that he was probably going to get to that 150 and 200 but boy that was a very confident and very assured uh, 128 and quite a study in contrast to how uh, the Kohli knock was because uh, when Shubman was playing you got to see like a beautiful repertoire of shots like you know he was showing in the preview that you know what these are all the shots I can play and you're going to play me see it for a long, long time, you know, touch wood. So uh, that was something I really enjoyed uh, seeing, uh, you know, Sh- Shubman against the Aussie bowlers in our first innings because that was lovely to see. Oh, you were a Shubman Gill fan. I, I never saw that coming. <laughs> I had no clue you were a Shubman Gill fan. I, you, I'm the co and I'm like the secretary of the Scoopy fan club. It was a beautiful knock. I mean, it was an absolutely beautiful knock. No no doubt about it. And two of my favorite young players both got centuries. I'm a huge Cam Green fan too. And they both played so well. I mean, like, I was really happy for them. I mean, like, very impressive uh, knock by both those young guys. So, yeah, Gil, I mean, his shots are something else, aren't they? I mean, uh, there's... So good to watch, and when he's batting like that, when I mean, it was just a superb knock. And and the one thing I have to call out before we move on is uh, with with when Scooby's batting, Max. It's there are some batters that kind of you know the shots they can play really well. You know the shots that they're not like that great playing at, and you always see the tentativeness before they commit to the shot. Right, but when Scooby is batting, he's almost always committed to the shot he's playing. You never see like that hesitation of should I should I go for the shot? Should I not go for the shot? So that was something I really like seeing in a batter, and that was great to see him like come back and kind of play. And hopefully, you know, this one twenty eight gets him a place into the WTC. But the other thing I wanted to kind of bring up with this group, and I don't know if you guys felt it as well, I knew that Virat was going to get a century uh, when he was like twenty twenty five minutes in because he looked a different batter compared to what he was actually uh, in in, in Delhi. Yeah, can I add one point to that Virat Kohli thing which you were mentioning? Because since you mentioned Kohli, um, there was a statistic which came in when he was at about 140-odd or 150-odd. He had middle 94% of all deliveries he faced. 94%. And he had 6% which was mistimed and 0% missed. That 
told me and this is why i meant that you know that innings which he played in uh, nagpur in that first test match that's when kohli ground out his spin bowling and amdabad being a more trustworthy wicket he was cashing in on it but budhi sorry to cut you off please go ahead i just want to add that one statistic when you were talking about kohli but you know what i felt was throughout the series even in nagpur the first 20 minutes virat would be all over the place you, you know what i'm saying he got into the grind but then the first 20 minutes he he he'd look at like he he'd look at like murphy like oh wow he's a great bowler kind of thing no actually it's the reverse it was actually the reverse in the other test matches the first 30 balls he was actually middling it beautifully and then he would get this really stupid thing to swipe across his leg and get lbw in this match i don't know if I, my memory is missing messing me up but i think he missed the first uh, like he missed time the first couple of deliveries like he was going forward and kind of like the ball bounces and oohs and ahs and hears like that and that's it like the first over had all of his missed time deliveries and after that he didn't do anything the first over was he was you know he he gave us like a couple of like uh uh half spikes yeah scares and after that he was like okay done i am now back to like my goat mode i'm just going to like play my natural game or play whatever game i played and the one thing that i liked was if you look at the pattern of his shots right uh, out of that 186 right uh, there were actually only 15 boundaries no yes. six 15 boundaries so that was like hard running no 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 way. more importantly most of those boundaries a lot of them came after the 100 till he got exactly. to the 100 it was i mean like, i think he had some ridiculously low i, I forget now might, yeah seven, he might have had five or six that's it and i think 0 to 100 yeah. is where we saw a different i mean like, he was he didn't look like he was going to get out and he actually he actually talks about it by the way shiram uh, in the post match he someone asked him that question you had really low number of boundaries why and he said he backs and i was stunned because i couldn't think of for how much energy you would need to do that he said he backs himself to get six doubles in an over for six straight overs before he feels anything wow i i was like what i i believe said six doubles in an over like, oh yeah that makes sense is an international cricketer and then he says six overs in a row that was when i realized this man is a different level of fitness than any of us have and i mean at least i had an iota of how fit he was yes you can be fit but running six doubles for six overs straight is insane amount they, of running he ran, he ran a lot i mean like that day yeah i mean like the up to the 100 seemed like a such an uncoly like typical uncoly like innings yes but at the same time he it, he looked like he was going to get it he was going to score 100 I mean, like they seem to be this assuredness, yes. even though he wasn't playing his usual attacking uh, knock. And after the hundred is when he opened up, and like we got this flurry of boundaries. But I mean, like superb knock. I mean, given the last two years he's had, I mean, like I think he really put his head down. First, first Test century since two thousand nineteen. I think somewhere like. 1582 days since he got his last test century or something some ridiculous stat like that but um, i want to just have add one more comment to the ashwin bowling saga uh, the 
the reason why uh, you know this ahmedabad test bowling right it would have happened without his last innings very bold that with that control uh, when aussies were chasing like a 80 odd runs or something to win the previous test match this test match was almost like a continuation of that spell in the way he bowled and uh, i think towards the end of the spell he was his fingers were getting tired and you could see that in the second innings where he bowled much with much less uh, effectiveness so to speak because he already bowled like some 50 overs in this innings but uh, you know the 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 thing that you all mentioned was ashwin was able to do this without getting yeah. frustrated right that was new he he never bowled a flat delivery he didn't try a 90 kilometers per hour leg spinner from around the wicket to bowl the batsman around his legs because he was irritated that the pitch was doing nothing he never did that and that i think is what i think i think ashwin is actually hitting his james anderson post 35 phase and i'm super excited for it because james anderson post 35 phase james anderson just did what he was good at. he didn't try anything else he just did what he was good at and he figured out how to do what he was good at in any wicket and i think ashwin has reached that spot now where he knows how to bowl in any wicket send him to australia send him to england send him to west indies south africa you name it he knows how to bowl on that wicket and ashwin being ashwin he knows now how to extract the most amount of purchase and juice and you know whatever he needs to get those wickets from any ground anywhere in the world and i'm like chuffed about it and i have a feeling virat is getting into the same phase of his career both of them uh, ashwin is like what 36 now virat is 35 so they're both getting into that uh, that purple final phase of their career where uh, sachin was when he was between 35 to 40 he had this purple phase where he could do anything he wanted and kumble did the same too he could after 36 kumble became amazing at any ground anywhere in the world and i think ashwin and virat are getting into the same stage i'm like super excited to see what's going to come next max uh, what were your thoughts about uh, what virat kohli did like you said it was a very un virat inning and at one point in that partnership with bharat um, virat was like six runs from 44 balls uh, or or something like that um on that on that morning as i was watching and it was watching like you could watch paint dry off a wall and be more excited than what was happening I, it just didn't nothing made sense um and later you know we would see that okay uh, the news came out that shreyas has gone for a scan and uh, is probably not going to be playing and so then they're like okay you know need to kind of shut her down i think that's when they probably had given up that we're not going to win this test or let's just play time or something i don't know what was the decision there because even when australia had scored 480 i kept thinking of that karunayar test where england scored 471 or 477 and we scored 700 um, in that test and then you know got them all out so i was still hoping maybe the pitch would do something like that i think once the whole shreyas thing happened and it, you could see then maybe the the message had gone out that's why they they just you know put shutters down and played the way they played max uh, i have one point to add here and i uh, i know that oh. the other test match deserves a podcast of its own uh, but as we were grinding our way to a draw here and grind ball sometimes can be exciting i want to give a quick call out to the sri lanka new zealand test that was happening that <laughs> went right 
down till that last over and it was a phenomenal test match so much so that i'm so convinced that labu and ashwin will let's finish watching that test and like get back to the ground after because you know there's not going to be any result of this test match anyway let's just watch that one play out because as nobody will like new zealand were going for the win against what you would think in an experienced sri lankan bowling attack that that kind of bowled their heart out and i have to like call that out here because i think it was uh, a fantastic study in contrasts of how the how both the tests played out about how one was pretty much sure a draw and about how one were you know up until like the very last over the game, all four results were possible so just just a call out to that fantastic test here because we'd be doing test cricket a disservice if we didn't call it. I, i ended up switching to that for the last 40 minutes of that test <laughs> same I same what happened here i i just want to call out two things uh, we haven't talked about in this lions bowling in the second innings he bowled 65 overs i mean like he, he was incredible I mean like he I think he went on two runs in over and uh, Murphy himself bowled 50 almost so uh, they were really good too I mean Lyon admitted after the test had ended he said I bowled my best in Ahmedabad so uh, I just wanted to mention that other thing is Akshar 79 again again he was back at it even though he came in at number 9 again so what a series he had Uh, Akshar had a good shout for being uh, partially, you know, man of the series at least with the bat because of the vital contributions he made, and uh, it was kind of not, kind of sad that he didn't get the wickets because if he had gotten maybe even like ten or twelve wickets, I'm sure he would have been in contention for the man of the series. But um, I, I want to add one one note about uh, Shubman Gill's um, innings in the. in the first innings which uh, india batted one of the things that was very nice to see shubman gill do was uh, i think boody mentioned that you know he's very sure but he also has this economy of movement where uh, you know when he raises his back lift you know exactly what shot he's going to play he doesn't have a tell he doesn't have that initial movement yet which most modern batters seem to have i'm hoping that if he gets picked and i'm sure he should get picked for the world test championship in england he will use that extra time to counter the swing because in england we are going to have a tough time facing hazelwood stark and cummins versus uh, what we had here and i have a feeling that shubman in england is going to be a, a show stopper for us more than rohit because i rohit is pretty suspect that i don't expect more than five runs from him but uh, max uh, moving on to the end um what is your favorite set of moments and players from the series for me i would say my most memorable moment of this bgt uh would be the absolute 30 minutes of nonsense that happened at the amrabat test i have never my dreams thought i would see witness something like that uh and that would be uh, max most memorable thing do you mean the do you mean the Uh, Nagpur? No, no. Sorry, Delhi. Oh, the start of the Ahmedabad. Oh, the third, the start of the thirty minutes. I'm sorry, I was thinking on cricketing terms. My bad. Thirty minutes before the toss. Thirty minutes before the toss, 
was the most memorable because I never thought I would see something like that ever. In and uh, you know, you have had uh, you know queens and kings and dictators and all of these people you know witness sport, um, but never in the way we we saw it. And so that's why I think it's a it, it was a it was the most memorable moment for me. You know, whatever reasons it might be. And uh, for me, the standouts were the way Kwaja batted because <clears throat> you know. Of a lot, because if we look at his trajectory, he's been he made his debut a long time ago, and he's been in and out of the squad, so on, and um, they never held him very in 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 high regard. Last year was a crazy year for him because of how he played in Pakistan, how they played in Sri Lanka. I think in in Gaul, I think it was right. Him and Green um, had this super partnership. And then they did that again uh, here in Ahmedabad. So Kwaja, the way he batted, uh, the way he played against our spinners, um, with the amount of confidence, you know, being able to go on the back foot and just dab them away for singles and get off strike and never letting anyone, you know, get a long crack at him, uh, I think was just uh, superb. And for from our side, I thought, um, you know, though Jadu won two uh, Player of the Match awards, me, I thought it was an Akshar and Ashwin um, series, and I was, I really thought Akshar should have gotten that second uh, player of the match to split with uh, Ashwin than Jadu. But uh, you know, Jadu, I mean, coming back from injury after six months and all that was probably a, is a great fairy tale story. But the way Akshar batted in this, I mean, again, he's the third choice, so he's probably not going to get a lot of games, you know, unless one of these two is either injured or uh, retires. Spare a thought for him because he's he's all he almost made a case to to get picked as a as a batter in this series, uh, batting at nine. Max, I'm going to take you uh, off on that and kind of go off my favorite uh, moments and players. Let me start with favorite players. Um, I would actually have to say from the Aussie side, Uzi Kwaja for sure. So it was taught. Very, very impressed, uh, 22 years old, um, coming in and like doing what he did with a ball on his first ever OC store and first test uh, series for, for that matter. Um, super, super impressed. Uh, Usman Khwaja, I think a lot of people kind of just wrote him off uh, when when they did. Uh, and, and he's had like a tremendous comeback. And even during this series, uh, as the series was panning out, there was some noise on Twitter of about how, uh, you know, it was uh, what what he did in Pakistan and Sri Lanka were probably like false starts, and you know how um, he was like going to fail here. And I thought they were prematurely writing him off based on like what they had seen in Nagpur, and I felt that was very unjust. So I felt very happy and. Uh, it was almost like he got this goal in Ahmedabad. Uh, from our side, I'd have to say, uh, I was super impressed with Akshar Patel, the batter. Um, it's it's as if he's like, you know, trying to kind of come into the team any which way. And he's like, okay, if you're picking Ashwin and Jadeja because they can bowl as well as bat, I'm going to prove to you that I can do that as well. And I absolutely feel that he should bat up the order and not at the position that he's batting in because solid technique that he's shown and solid temperament as well. Uh, I also want to call out Ashwin because I saw a different Ashwin in the series because what I'd seen of Ashwin at 
home is about how competitive he gets with spinners of his own team and sometimes that can be detrimental to the team as well because um you know when when what what i've seen of ashwin is he gets slightly competitive if he realizes that sakna uh, the other is getting okay. uh, but this time i felt he was something's happened to him i think after he's crossed like the 35 36 mark he's become comfortable in his own skin and you could read that in how gracious he was in uh, praising jadeja and others so that's that's players on our side now favorite moments for me a couple of things that i'd never seen in all my years watching cricket is australia bowl with three spinners i mean that would be like the last thing i'd expect to appear on my bingo card uh you know two spinners playing for australia in the subcontinent itself was a stretch but to have them like kind of bowl lion murphy and quinnemin in a test match I don't know when would be the next time we'd see Australia like play three spinners and I don't know if we'll ever see that again so that was nice to watch. Uh the other favorite moment I kind of want to talk about was about the camaraderie on field. Uh the last BGT uh you know was full of nice banter but then there were also like tensions uh, brewing between the teams as evidenced in Sydney when things were frustrated. What I liked here was about how friendly and funny things were like you had labu asking virat how he should like play against spin uh, they were talking about virat's bat you know the close in uh, fielders were chirping but it was all in good fun and steve smith was like giving a thumbs up for like every ball he got beaten and stuff like that and i know it uh, a lot of people were disappointed because they were like oh you know how how come everything so friendly there's no sense of rivalry but i thought this is a great direction because i thought uh, things are very friendly and very competitive as well and i thought that this was nice to see um, in the men's team happen as well and that was like like really really nice uh, to to see on the field knowing how fractitious things can get between these two teams i i thought it was great um so that's that's about it for me and i being uh, a scooby fan have to call out because sometimes even though you have the skill when you're made to sit out because uh, the team has a batter that they have to like uh, they want to stick with for a while just to see if they can get his confidence up can pull your confidence down because you're suddenly like okay what more do i do to kind of come in and and get that knock and kudos to gil he was just waiting for that opportunity and when he got that opportunity he proved himself and how um i i really hope that he will see and you know we can see that that's, that's just me about uh, my favorite things from from this bgt shriram what what about yours what what were your favorite i think you and max covered a lot of it but uh uh the thing i thought two things i thought i'd never see is the start of the ahmedabad test for sure i mean that is that's going to be on our imprinted on our brains forever uh and the other one you mentioned it bundi amelan like we all have said it three spinners you know australian team i mean it, it is unfathomable that we went through the series and that seemed to be the most reassuring part of their team it's, it's just unbelievable what we just witnessed i don't know if we <clears throat> ever going to see it again uh as far as uh the batting we already talked about kawaja feel so happy for him and it was so it was wonderful to watch him i mean like he got the 80 the 60 and then of course the biggie 
And just the way he batted, the way his whole demeanor, the way he was going about it, I mean, like, we felt so good for him. I mean, like, it was wonderful to watch him. Uh, I mean, we've talked a lot about Ashwin and the un-Ashwin like Ashwin we saw, especially the last two tests, uh, was just unbelievable. I mean, uh, I've always been a little irritated when Ashwin gets into that kind of uh, state where he's kind of trying too many things and like he seems to be getting frustrated. I always, I always used to be yelling at the screen, calm down, calm the hell down, it'll be okay, kind of thing. But we saw him for extended periods of time in multiple tests do that. It was just like extraordinary to watch, actually. And same applies to Lion. I mean, like he was kind of out of it. He was seemed to be uh, trying to find his game for a bit. I mean, like he seemed a little un Nathan Lion like at times. But then what he did in the last two tests it was just as impressive. So, yeah, I mean, uh, I wish we'd seen a result in the last test. It would have been really good. But I think the the spinners for the Australian team will be the standout memory of this. And Murphy, what a find. Uh, well, we can only hope for their sake, Australia's sake, that Lion is like, what, 36 now? So he won't be playing for too long. I mean, like, hopefully Murphy can just take it on from here. And I mean, like, it's exciting to think of the prospect. So, yeah. Okay. Um, I'm kind of chuffed because I was hoping that none of you would pick my moments of the series and none of you did. I'm really happy about it because I get to talk about it a little more than I could have if someone had done it already. So my, my first top moment of the series is I think this is the first BG team where we beat Australia mentally before the series started. I don't remember any BGT before this where we beat them mentally. They were panicking about the pitch. They were panicking about our bowlers. They were panicking about how their batsmen were going to handle it. They had no clue what to do. And that won us the series, believe you me. Because my second most favorite part of the series was actually how Smith captained. He, his captaincy, I think, was the difference maker because he was able to rally the troops stop us from doing what we're good at and extract the best out of his team in a matter of days uh, with, with zero you know, intimation that this might happen. Uh, he probably knew maybe a couple of weeks before, but uh, you know, even then, preparing for a away series in India is no joke. He probably didn't know six months ahead so that he could think about all his tactics and things like that. So the mental defeat of Australia before the series and Smith's captaincy in the series were the two standout moments. Everything else were great, but we sort of expected it. Ashwin doing well, Kwaja doing well, Virat Kohli finding some form uh, back in the day, and then uh, Scooby replacing KL Rahul. They were all things we expected it to happen in some form or the other in the back of our head. But what I did not expect completely was these two things to happen. So these two were probably my pick of the series. I will not talk about the chariot roadshow <laughs> before Ahmedabad test because I thankfully skipped it. And B, I don't think it deserves any space in my brain to scar me for the rest of my life. So that's uh, that's the one memory I, I will not remember from this series. Um, the 
the second part is my favorite players right um i think there was one player who i think uh, went under the radar a little bit was or two players i would say one was peter hanscom because hanscom had come back from a really you know spotty test career and he was kind of thrown in because hey you're the guy who knows how to play spin please show what to do and he sort of did it and if the australian batsman had played with any common sense he would have actually played a match winning knock in the second test match um the second player was travis head because imagine being the number 2 ranked test batsman in the world then being dropped for the first test for a guy who probably isn't in the top 30 batsmen in world cricket that must have shot his confidence we talk about confidence of players like shubman gill who are waiting for two tests this guy is the number one test player for the entire team and he gets dropped so imagine what he was thinking when he came in as an emergency replacement for someone else so i think travis head deserves a lot of credit for being mentally strong and do what he did uh so those two were probably like uh, my two picks and murphy was like the find of the series for me i don't think we expected the australian team to produce a newcomer who would be the top uh, i guess not top wicket taker but at least the top change maker for the series and uh, murphy proved a lot of people wrong and it somehow tells us that the people who know cricket are probably not traveling with the australian team which seems like a shame uh, maybe they should correct that before they go into the ashes because they don't want to face baseball with this kind of scatterbrain approach and with that max uh, over back to you uh thanks yam that was great and uh, this is uh, this is this is going to be interesting because um, the next bgt where australia comes to indian shows is not for another 4 years and the makeup of both squads would have changed uh, a lot by then so this probably might be the last time we're seeing this same mix of players play uh, in india i mean probably with the when when we go to australia some of the players might still be there but definitely 4 uh, years from now i don't think it'll be the same i think smith even hinted that this might be his last tour to india which i thought was crazy um given how young he is but uh definitely you know i'm not sure if you know ashwin and um, <clears throat> lion or and shami and these guys would be playing extend the bgt op in india so we'll see how that pans out but uh this was definitely a really fun episode uh to bring it to you uh like i said it's not longer than i expected it to be it's almost twice as longer but uh we had a lot of fun recording it and um sriram uh thanks for making the pod and putting up with uh the uh, lunatics that we are and trying to you know, I, i know a lot of times you were probably grinding your teeth uh, hearing us go but uh, thanks for not making that very evident and uh, it was great to have you on the pod thank you thank you no i had a great time no thanks for having me no it was a lot of fun you'll have fun editing this you wanted an hour and you got three almost so but no thank you thanks to all of you i mean it was a lot of fun and like you said we had a lot to talk about uh for everyone listening uh you can find sriram on twitter at sdayanand uh please follow him and he's a uh, it's a lot of fun uh, especially during cricket season he's also a huge um hockey fan uh, and uh, he tweets he tweets out often a lot about that as well um and then also uh, yam and uh, bundi where can people find you 
Um, okay, you can find me at Akripasta at Twitter. I'm also at Akripasta at Toot.site. And because it's the cricket season, you can always find me watching any cricket match that's happening anywhere, as long as it's being telecast. Uh, you can find me at Yamsivam on Twitter, or you know, just find me at the nearest Dosa spot in Toronto. Dosa's in Toronto. Yes, I also do another podcast with Ajit Baskar, and he is chomping dosas all over Bangalore. And so now I have Yam, who is uh, polishing off dosas all over Toronto. Uh, this is Max. You've been listening to the Chai Tea Podcast. Uh, this was our review of the DGT. Uh, fun fact: I actually called Sirav on the spot because at the start of the tournament, he said he absolutely <laughs> detests the word. The, the, anyone saying BGT? Still do. So we've gone through an entire episode of calling us calling it BGT, and Sirav has to listen to us calling it the BGT and not the Border Gavaskar Trophy. <laughs> Still hate it, but I mean, like it's okay. okay. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe Max next time we'll just call it the Batmobile Trophy and be done no, with no, it. Let's stick to BGT. Don't give people let's ideas. Stick to BGT, Don't give people please. ideas. Yes. <laughs> See, there you go. Uh, to everyone listening, this is the Chai Tea Podcast signing off. You can find us on Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, um, or wherever you get your fix from. Please uh, listen, share, subscribe. Let your friends know. Leave us a comment. Give us a rating. Um, and that will help us uh, good with the analytics, I guess. Uh, drop us a drop us a comment on Twitter and uh, we'll let us know what you'd like to hear from us next. Till then, this is the crew from Charity Podcast signing off. Thank you. Bye.